This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Spectacular. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. Oh, no, I get by with a little help from my friends. Let's kick off even by lighting up, boys. From my friends, the star of the show. Oi, oi. I spoke to a radio broadcaster famous here in New York, WABC, Sid Rosenberg. Oy, this oy. is Sid and Friends in the Morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends. 77 WABC. An unprecedented moment in American history where a former president returns here to the nation's capital to make his first appearance on charges of going after the bedrock of American democracy, a peaceful transfer of power. Donald Trump is no stranger to the inside of a courthouse. This is his third indictment. These are the first charges to stem from actions Trump allegedly took while in office, all in an attempt, according to the special counsel, to remain in power. If we're going to have a a situation where the Department of Justice is going to fact check politicians and indict politicians for political speech and whether or not they're factually accurate, then this country will shut down politically because it's a never-ending cycle of tit-for-tat. And that's the risk of injecting politics into the criminal justice system. Late night visit from Mayor Adams as the asylum seeker crisis continues. Some telling us tonight they've been out on the street for an entire week. The city has already housed nearly 96,000 migrants and more buses are expected to arrive over the next few days. What are you hearing from the White House about this right now? That's the problem. We're not hearing enough. Now City Hall is considering erecting a tent on Randall's Island to house some 2,000 migrants on soccer fields. Public advocate Jamani Williams suggests the feds open military vessels like the USS Comfort. President Biden, maybe you need to come down and see what's going on for yourself. Breaking news, the jury in the Pittsburgh synagogue shooting trial has voted unanimously for the gunman to be sentenced to death. This comes after the jury found the shooter guilty of killing 11 congregants at the Tree of Life synagogue in 2018. This shooting is the deadliest anti-Semitic attack in U.S. history. The gunman had offered to plead guilty if the death penalty was taken off the table, but prosecutors turned him down. I don't, I don't want to roll a team out there that we're going to be embarrassed by. But saying, you know, I, but we also know that you know, spending a fortune, you know, everyone says I spent a lot of money, and other teams did too, doesn't guarantee you uh, a trip to the playoffs. This is my biggest fear, Sid. You know, somebody getting hurt in preseason, all right? Rodgers does not feed, in my mind, Rodgers does not feed a field in a preseason game this year. Really? Absolutely not. You don't play him at all? No. Not at all. Oh, I can't and, and I, I can't. And I'll tell you, and I'll what do you mean? Not one, not one series not against one. the Browns. I don't want to see him in one. Look, a they do these, listen to me. They do these controlled scrimmages, right? They got, they're doing a two-day controlled scrimmage with the Panthers. They're doing a two-day scrimmage with Tampa. He'll play, that'll be his preseason.
here, right now, right here, right now. Joe Beningo right there, the WFAN legend, my midday partner dating back 20 years ago. Talking about Aaron Rodgers and the Jets, who start the preseason schedule for the 2023 NFL season. Later on tonight, live from the Hall of Fame in Canton, Ohio. Finally, that kicks off the preseason, the Hall of Fame game. Same matchup as the very first ever Monday night football game when Joe Namath and the Jets took on the Cleveland Browns. It's the Jets and Browns later on tonight, right here, right now. You also heard in that open put together, uh, as he does every day so well, by executive producer. No, you stop that. Sports update man and board up this week for the vacationing Lou Rafino, Justin Ellick. Steve Cohen, the owner of the Mets, saying money, spending money doesn't guarantee you're going to make the playoffs. No kidding. (laughs) The Mets and the Yankees on a collision course not to make the playoffs. But some serious news today as well. We'll get to all that sports, a lot of it. Of course, you heard the Pittsburgh shooter dating back about five years ago. Killed 11 people in a synagogue in Pittsburgh. That low-life scumbag piece of garbage is getting the death penalty. And uh, right now, Dove Heikind, Heshi Organbaum, and all my Jewish brethren are very happy, as they should be, death penalty for killing innocent Jewish people davening in Pittsburgh. You also heard, of course, Mayor Eric Adams, the Roosevelt Hotel, what a mess. Migrant centers may be on Randall's Island. But the truth is, there's no plan, there is no good plan, and the city, now about 96,000 in, continues to be overrun, overwrought between the migrants and the homeless and the criminals. New York City is a mess. I don't care about what numbers Bill Bratton tried to uh, tell me yesterday, I don't care what Fabian Levy in City Hall tells me, or the mayor, for that matter, New York City is a mess. It's dirty. It's filthy. There are psychos and crazies on just about every street corner. They've done a terrible job with the homeless. Terrible job. And I walk, I would say, on average, 16 blocks a day. When you consider my walk from these offices to the 6th train. Then i got to walk about six or seven blocks down by Wall Street. I don't care what neighborhood I'm in. It used to be, eh, you know, you're in a bad neighborhood. You see some unsavory characters. Now it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Park Avenue, Madison Avenue, East Side, West Side, Village, Uptown, Downtown, crazies everywhere. And now who knows? Could be a crazy could be a migrant, could be somebody just trying to get by, could be somebody looking to kill you. You just don't know. These numbers to me mean nothing. I walk around every day. I'm in the city every day. When I get on that ferry, every afternoon, I get on that ferry and leave New York City. I swear to God, folks, it's like I'm going on vacation every day. As soon as that ferry hits the open waters and I find myself under the Verrazano Bridge, We're passing by John Katsimatidi's two beautiful Ocean Drive buildings in Coney Island. And certainly when I see Floyd Bennett Field, I feel like, oh, my God, I'm safe. I really do. The city is a mess. And then, of course, the biggest story of all, 
my friend President Donald Trump, about to be arrested again today, third time. He will be arraigned at 4 p.m. this afternoon in Washington, D.C. So now you've got, besides the E. Jean Carroll case, where I believe Joe Tacopina won that case because the jury said, nope, no rape. Yes, they had some other nonsense trumped-up charge and slapped Trump with millions of dollars in fines, but he won that case, Trump, because all E. Jean Carroll talked about was rape, and there was no rape. He won. These other three cases still going on, Alvin Bragg, the hush money case, absolute joke, absolute joke. Then, of course, you've got the second one, the Mar-a-Lago documents case. Not so much a joke. Jack Smith involved in that one. And now this one, fraud, defraud, I should say, obstruction. And the allegation is he tried to, uh, you know, basically turn over the decision did not get, did not participate at least in the peaceful transition of power and refused to leave. A bunch of nonsense. But they're out there and today he's going to go to court. Four o'clock this afternoon in Washington, D.C. And everybody's talking about it, including Trump's own lawyer. Now for some reason, CNN's Caitlin Collins got a bunch of Trump folks last night. Bill Barr is not really a Trump guy. Not anymore, yeah. No, he was his AG, but now he takes every opportunity to take shots at Trump, everyone. But John Laurel is Donald Trump's attorney, I believe. Is that right? Yes. In this case. Yes, in this case. So he was on with Caitlin Collins on CNN last night talking about if the DOJ is going to indict politicians for political speech, you may as well shut it all down. John Laurel, CNN, Caitlin Collins, cut number five. If he's saying that there was fraud, the First Amendment doesn't allow the president of the United States to go and claim there was fraud when he was told there was not fraud and then tried to subvert the election by overturning legitimate electors. I mean, it says it right here in the actual indictment. Absolutely. The First Amendment protects all speech. If we're going to have a a situation where the Department of Justice is going to fact check politicians and indict politicians for political speech and whether or not they're factually accurate, then this country will shut down politically because it's a never-ending cycle of tit-for-tat. And that's the risk of injecting politics into the criminal justice system. So right now, people disagree with President Trump. What's going to happen four years from now if somebody disagrees with President Biden in terms of what he said during the election? That's why we don't criminalize political speech. Political speech under the First Amendment has has an almost absolute protection. Nobody gets to judge whether it's true or not, except the American people. And we do that in an election. We do that in an election. We do that in the case of a president by impeachment. But we don't indict people. She doesn't shut up. This Caitlin Collins is such an annoying bitch. She doesn't shut up. I'm sorry. Even when she's not talking, she, God. she's got like this the smirk. I know. I mean, the, the 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 night that Donald Trump sat down with her on CNN, he was on with me the next morning. You may remember. And I'm like, what a disrespectful jerk. Yeah, she's cute, the white suit. She's probably not stupid. But, man, is she annoying. Caitlin Collins. Let's uh, do this one, too. John Laurel once again. This time he's on Fox News, not CNN with Caitlin Collins. And he talks about Donald Trump being the one and only guy they're going after. Justin, cut number six. 
No sitting president has ever been criminally charged for his views, for taking a position. And by the way, is there any doubt there's two systems of justice in the United States? Was Hillary Clinton prosecuted for the Russian hoax? Were, were those individuals who said, don't worry about the Biden, uh, the, the Biden laptop because it's just Russian disinformation, are they being prosecuted? No. Only one person in America is being prosecuted for his political beliefs. And that should send a chill, a warning to every single American who one day wants to get up and say, this is what I believe in. I disagree with the Biden administration, but these are the beliefs I have. Because every person who does that now is subject to a potential criminal case. Even Ron DeSantis, who fights, really he just defends himself. Trump is fighting with him, the Florida governor. And the big story right now they're discussing on Fox News is that DeSantis and California Governor Gavin Newsom say they would debate each other. Newsom and DeSantis, Trump, of course, as of now, not getting involved in the first debate coming up August 23rd. But uh, even DeSantis rushed to Donald Trump's defense last night on Fox. Here it is. Ryan DeSantis, cut number two. You know, the reality is uh, a Republican, a D.C. jury would indict a ham sandwich and convict a ham sandwich if it was a Republican ham sandwich. I think uh, Americans need to be able to remove cases out of D.C. I think the juries are stacked. I think that they're going to want to convict people that they disagree with. Or at a minimum, you should be able to draw a jury pool from across the entire country. That is really uh, what's at stake in terms of do we have a single standard of justice uh, or do we have a track of justice where if you're connected to the swamp, you get off, whether it's Hunter Biden, whether it was the guy Durham tried to prosecute, uh, or are we going to live under a single rule of law? And I think we have to reestablish a single rule of law in this country. And talking about whether or not Donald Trump can get a fair trial in Washington, D.C., and DeSantis just intimated he can't. Donald Trump has said the same thing on his own Truth Social account this morning. He goes, we got to leave. They're not going to give me a fair trial here. Let's move down to West Virginia. Nice and close. At least that'll be a fair trial. You know who agrees? Alan Dershowitz, our dear friend on this show all the time. He was on with my man John Katzmatidis, Katz and Cosby last night. He talked about the judge in this case, who I mentioned to Joe Tacopina yesterday. This judge, this lady, was appointed by Barack Obama about 10 years ago. And Dershowitz thinks she's the worst possible judge for Trump in this case. Alan Dershowitz, cut number one. She's the worst possible judge to sit on a case like this. This case must have a judge who is beyond reproach. This is a woman who was trained at the Boyce-Shiller firm. The Boyce-Shiller firm, in my view, is the most corrupt firm among any large firm. I got them recused not so long ago from a case because of a conflict of interest. It was another case in which the chief judge in the Southern District said the conflict was so clear that even a first-year student should see it. Over and over again, this firm has been charged with uh, essentially corruption. And this is a woman who learned at the feet of these lawyers and was in the firm when they represented Burisma and represented Hunter Biden. She is the worst possible judge to sit on this case in the worst possible district. This is the most extreme anti-Trump district in the United States. And so the case should be moved to Virginia, West Virginia, and taken and put in front of a different judge. So one more card. So Joe Tacopina said yesterday, uh, Jack Smith, the special counsel, the attorneys going up against Trump, they need to absolutely, 1,000% absolutely prove 
that Donald Trump really doesn't believe or didn't believe in his heart of hearts that he lost the election. In other words, if Donald Trump really believes that he won the election and it was taken away from him, then basically the federal government has no case. No case. If Donald Trump really believes he won. Well, his former AG, Bill Barr, once again, Caitlin Collins, CNN said last night, he doesn't believe that. And if Bill Barr is right, Donald Trump could be in serious trouble. I know for a fact, for a fact, Bill Barr is wrong. Every day since 2020, every day, Donald Trump has said, and more than once, they took it from me. I won. 71 million votes, you don't lose. So I'm not sure what Bill Barr is talking about, because he hates Trump at this point anyway. But here he is, courtesy of CNN, Trump's former AG, Bill Barr, on television last night. Do you think he knew that he lost the election? Do I personally believe that? Yeah, at first I wasn't sure, but I have come to believe that he That's nonsense. Uh, knew well that he had lost the oh, election. Oh, he didn't. Oh, he doesn't. And, uh, now, what, what I think is important is the government has assumed the burden of proving that. The government, in their indictment, takes the position that he had actual knowledge that he had lost the election and the election wasn't stolen through fraud. And they're going to have to prove that beyond a reasonable doubt. Which is a high bar, of course. It's a high bar. Now, that leads me to believe that they we're only seeing a tip of the iceberg on this. There you have it. Good luck proving that. Everybody knows Donald Trump absolutely believes it was stolen from him. So good luck to uh, Jack Smith and all those guys. Big guest list, as always, coming up today. We start every program at 7.05 with Curtis Sliwa. We'll talk to Judge Andrew Napolitano in the 7 o'clock hour as well. It is a Bill O'Reilly Thursday. Not one guest on any show during the week gets better ratings than Rosenberg and O'Reilly. 8.40 on Thursdays, my dear friend Bo Dietl. He'll be here at 9.05 and maybe in the 9 o'clock hour, Rudy Giuliani as well. Big show, big guests, big stories, local politics, national politics, sports. We got it all. It's the Thursday edition of New York's favorite morning talk show. That's us, sitting friends in the morning, exclusively right here on Talk Radio 77 WABC.
Robin WABC. This is Sitting Friends in the Morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends. Anytime you look at a preseason, um, for us, you obviously never want to show anything specific. You don't want to just go out there and kind of put everything out there. We want to give the guys that are going to go out there an opportunity to play. We want to keep it simple. We want to let those guys go out there one-on-ones, whether it's working on their combination block, whatever it might be. Um, We just want to see them play fast and, and be able to evaluate them in those situations. Down. That was Nathaniel Hackett, happens to be the offensive coordinator of the New York Jets. Once again, open up their preseason tonight in Cleveland. Right now, the Jets, a one-and-a-half-point underdog. There'll be no Aaron Rodgers. They'll get plenty of Zach Wilson later on tonight. Jets and Browns. The Giants start their preseason next Friday night, August the 11th. They're taking on the Detroit Lions. So in the open that um, Justin put together this morning, we did a whole bunch of Trump indictment stuff once again. He's set to be arraigned in Washington, D.C., the former president, my dear friend, at 4 o'clock this afternoon. But we also played a cut from the public advocate, Jumani Williams, this moron. And just a couple of days ago, my friend Jennifer Harrison, victims' rights here in New York, and one of my favorite common-sense Democrat politicians, when I say one of my favorite I say that kind of tongue-in-cheek because they don't exist. He may be the only one. Bob Holden out of Queens came on, and they ripped Jamani Williams. Jamani does, uh, he does these uh, IG live shows because he does nothing else, really. And he's up there supporting bail reform and all the programs that have led to the destruction of this once great city. Jamani Williams likes them all. He likes them all. He really is public enemy number one. But, 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 slow down a second. Yesterday, Jamani Williams, on the migrant crisis, did something that the mayor, who I hope is listening, Eric Adams, hasn't done yet. What is the one thing that me and my late great partner, Bernard McGurk, bitched about forever? Say their names. Say That's their right. names. There you go. Name and shame. I want to hear Governor Kathy Hochul, I want to hear Andrew Stewart-Cousins, I want to hear Carl Heasty, and most of all, I'm sick of hearing federal government, Mr. Mayor. Or the wrong version, national government. Right. I want to hear Joe Biden. And to Jumani Williams, who once again is a moron and a traitor, to his credit, pointed out well by my 
dear friend Corey Zelnick, real estate mogul and overall genius, Jamani Williams did exactly what I've been asking the mayor to do yesterday for months. Jamani Williams cut number 10. President Biden, maybe you need to come down and see what's going on for yourself. It's the wrong political calculation. Don't assume that it's in the bag in New York City and New York State and not assist us in a time of need. See that? President Biden, maybe you should come and take a look at this. Of course, Biden is on vacation right now, walking around in some really ugly-looking bathing suit and looking really old. It looks old, disgusting. Old and wrinkled up balls. Oh, the whole oh thing, please. You know. Oh, my God. Oh, God. God. But the mayor was out there last night, too, outside the uh, the Roosevelt Hotel, and uh, he says he's not hearing enough from the White House. Didn't say Biden's name like Jamani Williams, but certainly did place blame on the White House. This is Mayor Eric Adams, cut number 11. What are you hearing from the White House about this right now? Oh, that's the problem. We're not hearing enough. That's the problem. We're not hearing enough. But then, then, during a press conference yesterday, and this was pointed out to me by the great Curtis Sliwa, who's going to join me in about 25 minutes, when he was asked about the tent cities. Now, Eric Adams, on record a couple of days ago, goes, we're not going to be a tent city. Well, excuse me. We're not going to be that. That's California. Well, I got news for you. My beautiful wife, Danielle, runs anywhere between 10 and 15 miles just about every morning. As she continues to train, she's going to run the New York City Marathon. It'll be her sixth with Tom Biggers and the New York Police Department marathon team. She sees tents all the time. In Rockaway, in Bell Harbor, the nicest parts of Queens, she sees tents all the time. Now, we're not sure if they're homeless, if they're migrants. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Either way, that's a quote-unquote tent city. But when asked about it yesterday, Eric Adams put the Kamala Harris. He started to crack up and giggle. Got to be a nervous lamp, but either way, it sounded silly. Eric Adams, cut number 12. With their tents up and down every street. Come on, but I, but I like burning. What's going on over there? We're going to roll out. We're going to roll out the next phase. Um, so funny. Our operation. We're going to publicly let it let it be known. Damien hates when What? Clearly, my man had very good weed yesterday. Well, how's Clearly. Rep- how does a reporter feel? She's trying to get a question out, like a serious <laughs> question. He's just laughing the whole time. And he's just sitting there laughing with Fabian. Like, what, what's going on? Let me go to my uh, my newsroom director, who does a tremendous show 5 to 6 a.m. every morning and continues on a daily basis every morning to update New York much better than 1010 wins. Sorry, Ben Meverek. Better than ten ten wins. Better than eight eighty. My guy Noam Layden. No, what? Um, what do I you couldn't agree that? more. By the way, yes, thank you. Yeah. Uh, what do you chalk that up to? That uncontrollable laughter. I don't know. It was very bizarre. Thank God we have it. I mean, <laughs> what yeah. the hell's going on? <laughs> I mean, it was nuts, right? 
I, you know, look, the one defense I can have is, you know, sometimes you have those moments where you just lose it and you can't get it back. I've yeah. had those moments. Maybe yeah. that's all it was, but <laughs> it's definitely funny to listen to. Yeah, it was. Hey, listen, we got Joe Nolan with traffic coming up next. The guests start rolling in at 7.05. I do want to tell you about my big night last night. We've covered Trump. We've covered the city with uh, NBA Hall of Famer Chris Mullen. But right now it's time for the 77 WABC minicast clip of the day. Everything you need to know in under... 10 New York Minutes. Download and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and get the max out of mini. Also, listen anytime on the 77 WABC app. Folks, if you don't have that app, download it now. If you're in your car, you want to listen when you get to the office, download our app. Don't listen on iHeart. Download the 77 WABC app. Today's minicast is from my good buddy Dominic Carter. Here, Dominic talks about the aforementioned Mayor Adams. You have got to be kidding me. Migrants sleeping on the streets outside the Roosevelt Hotel. They are speaking of disappointment. They are speaking of fear as another bus pulled in within just the last two hours. This is Mayor Adams is warning that the migrant crisis is coming to a neighborhood near you. Mayor Adams says it's not going to get any better from this moment on. It's downhill. All right, there he is, Dominic Carter. Check him out weeknights at midnight, 11 to 1 on Sunday nights, 638 on your nice Thursday morning. This is Sid on Sports. Oh, my goodness. Sponsored by Peerless Boilers on 77 WABC. Justin Ellick here with your bottom of the hour sports update. Sponsored by Pete Morgan and Peerless Boilers. Go to PeerlessBoilers.com, PavilionTankless.com to find a dealer near you. They're the world's best-built boilers starting here in Kansas City where the Mets got blanked by the Royals by a score of 4 to nothing In the middle game of a three-game set, nine hits for the Mets. Oddly, not enough to scratch across any runs on the night. And Kodai Singa was solid through five and two-thirds innings pitched. But Casey's Cole Raggins was stronger through his six shutout innings opposite Senga. Carlos Carrasco will try and play stopper on the bump this afternoon in the finale against the Royals. First pitch scheduled for 2.10 p.m. Eastern time. KC is sending out Brady Singer to counteract Carrasco. And in the Bronx, fire Cashman chance out of the Yanks' faithful. Must have lit a fire underneath the team's slumping bats as they avoid the sweep against the Tampa Bay Rays with a 7-2 win in yesterday's finale. After falling behind early, it was Volpe and Stanton who took matters into their own hands with respective dingers in the third inning that put the Yanks up for good. One of the only bright spots for the Yankees this season in Garrett Cole. He was once again lights out on the mound for New York going seven strong while only yielding two earned runs on four hits. He moves his season record to 10 and 2 overall and his ERA down to 264 and as it currently stands is your clear front runner in the American League Cy Young race. Tonight as the Yankees open a four game weekend set at home against the Houston Astros it'll be Clark Schmidt getting the ball for a 7-15 first pitch against Houston's Christian Javier and additional off the field news coming from the Yankees yesterday as well with the news that starting pitcher Domingo Herman will not pitch again this season as he's voluntarily entered inpatient treatment for alcohol abuse the team did announce yesterday since arriving in the majors six years ago. Herman has had his trouble on and off the field if you remember, he was banned 81 games by Major League Baseball earlier in his career over an alleged domestic violence incident, hoping that Herman gets the help he needs. And just like that as well, we have National Football League action to look forward to tonight, albeit preseason action, but nonetheless will be a sight for sore eyes, especially for Jets fans, as Gang Green gets set to kick off the league's preseason slate in tonight's Hall of Fame game against the Cleveland Browns. Kickoff is set for 8 p.m. Eastern time from Tom Benson Hall of Fame Stadium in Canton, Ohio. Sports sponsored by Pete Morgan of Peerless Spoilers. Go to PeerlessBoilers.com, Pavilion Tankless. 
Boilers.com. To find a dealer near you, they're the world's best-built boilers. And I'm Justin Alec on 77 WABC. 77 WABC. This is Sitting Friends in the Morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends. Unforgettable Fire album, a sort of homecoming at uh, 646 on your Thursday morning. Before we get to a great guest list today, once again, Curtis Sliwa, Judge Andrew Napolitano, Bill O'Reilly, Bo Diddle, maybe uh, Woody Giuliani too. And my night last night with all-time great Chris Mullen in that sports report, Justin did alert you that the Yankees won last night. Big deal. But the bigger story is Domingo Herman. Guy that's shown throughout the years he's got some talent, but he's got major issues. Years ago, suspended half a season for domestic abuse. And now it turns out that he's got a drinking problem. And he's left the team for the rest of the year. And who knows what Domingo Herman's future is with the Yankees or future anywhere in Major League Baseball. Of course, you're not worried about that right now. If you know Domingo, all you want is for him to be healthy and okay. And me, as a recovering addict... I certainly want that. But the Yankee manager, Aaron Boone, did speak to that. Domingo Herman's latest issues last night after the Yankees win over Tampa Bay. Here is Yankee skipper Aaron Boone. He is a sweetheart of of guy. I mean, he's, and, um, you know, so when you see something that, you know, certainly has now affected his livelihood, um, and more importantly, his life, and you know how serious it is. Um, it it is very sad for um, you know someone that's that's very talented, and uh, so I think that's the biggest thing. My takeaway of all of it is just sad for, and, and just you know hope and pray that he gets the right kind of help that you know, truly gets him going in, in the right direction. For the Yankee rest of skipper life. Aaron Boone on Domingo Herman. So last night, my great son Gabriel, his team had their sixth game of the year. They're missing their best player last night. The coach, Brian Mullen, and of course his great father, Flip Mullen. Brian's son, Luke, is the best player on the team. Trevor, very good player. Ryan, very good player. But Luke is the best player on the team. He could not be there last night, and we got murdered. I think we lost by 35. <laughs> I swear to God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Gabe, a lot of playing time. That's good. A lot of shot opportunities. That's good. But the team, not very competitive and not by themselves. 
at two and four after six games. But the biggest story is before the game, uh, my friend Phil Hughes there in Rockaway, and of course at a breezy point, my dear friend Michael Sullivan, Mr. Brennan and Carr, they alerted me two days ago that Chris Mullen would be back in town. Now, I'm very good friends with Chris's brother, Terrence Mullen. I've told you that he owns that place, Callie's, there on 129th Street, not far from my house. And Chris lives in Golden State, California, I guess uh, the San Francisco side, uh, right on a golf course, has a beautiful life. But he comes to New York for about two months every summer, goes to the Hamptons. But he came back to the old neighborhood last night, Marine Park Kid in Rockaway, to see his brother, and he made an appearance after a big golf tournament at Cali's. So me and Gabe walked over. I said, Gabe, let me say this to you. As a little boy, we were not a very big basketball household. My late great father, Harvey, loved the Giants, so he did football. He loved the Mets, so he did baseball. But my dad, growing up in Coney Island, was never a big winter sports guy. I was really the guy that got my dad into the Rangers and the Knicks and all of that. But even before I became a really big Knicks fan, and that kind of started with Bernard King and Patrick Ewing, I learned to love basketball because of Chris Mullen. When Mullen was at St. John's, I never enjoyed basketball more. Local kid, Marine Park, phenomenal player, those epic Big East matchups when the Big East was great. Mullen and St. John's taking on Patrick Ewing in Georgetown. Come on. You can't beat that. All those teams were great back then. Villanova, Syracuse, Seton Hall, Connecticut, Boston College. The list goes on and on. And Mullen was huge every night. Then he goes to the NBA, spends 13 years in Golden State. Great player. The, uh, you know, him, Marcelonis, Mitch Richmond. But then he has those four years in Indiana. That was a really good basketball team. Him, Reggie Miller, Rick Smiths. Those guys were Eastern Conference top team every year. Them and the Knicks, the Bulls, the Pistons, all those clubs. And Mullen was great there, too. And don't forget that dream team, the really, really good dream team. Michael Jordan, Magic Johnson, Larry Bird, Isaiah Thomas, Charles Barkley, David Robinson, Patrick Ewing. Mullen was on that team, too. Chris Mullen is a legitimate, one of the all-time great, superstars. So I said to Gabe, I go, Gabe, you love basketball. You play every day. Amazingly, despite what the doctor said, you become a good basketball player. This guy here, one of the all-time greats, top 20 ever, ever. So he's excited to meet him. And Chris Mullen is a sweet guy. I mean, a really sweet guy. So Callie's was packed last night. His um, his backcourt mate at Severian High School, Mike Riley, Put on to play for George Washington. He was there last night. And another guy that I really like, Joe Harkins. In fact, Joe and his wife Mary having a very big Republican meeting, party, if you will, coming up next Thursday night. I'm due to speak there, me, Tom Sullivan, a host of others. So Harkins was there, and it was just a great night. I met a very nice couple, too, named John and Jen Chan. They're listening. They love this show. But Chris Mullen could not have been nicer last night. Just a great guy. I think he's going back to the Hamptons this morning. He's going to call in one of these days to say hello. But he is a legitimate Brooklyn legend. Telling you folks, don't have many in basketball these days. Chris Mullen, the man 
was wonderful last night. So thank you for that, Chris. And then we went and played and uh, got murdered. So. Yeah. 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 It would have been cool if he went to the game. Got killed. Huh? Would have been cool if he went to the game. He went to his niece's game. Right. Uh, right across the street. We play outdoors on 129, but Terrence's daughter, Terrence and Chrissy, their daughter had a game inside at the church right across the street. And they went to that. In fact, me and Sully went to that game for about 10 minutes after Gabe's game was over to watch Terrence's daughter play. But though Chris walks around town, he's, he's a superstar, a legitimate Hall of Famer, all-time great Brooklyn kid, just the nicest guy you ever want to meet once again. Thank you, Chris Mullen, for talking to me and Gabe last night, for the friendship over the years, and being just a down-to-earth Guy, Chris Mullen. All right, 1-800-848-WABC, 1-800-848-9222. Five or six great guests going to come your way today and all kinds of stuff to talk about. Sid Rosenberg, 77 WABC. Happy Thursday morning. in the morning. was not. That's right. He was not on that dream team. was a point of contention. So Isaiah was not there. do want to mention, too, that uh, Jason Zapolo, great basketball player at Syracuse and also a terrific local guy, he was out there last night to his son, Jason, wears the same jersey number as my son, Gabriel, both number 11. So nice to, uh, to see Jason. And Curtis will love this. Of course, everybody knows that both Frank and Anthony Carone, Frank, the former chief of staff for Mayor Eric Adams, Anthony, just a great guy, local guy, attorney. Everybody loves Anthony. So it turns out, years and years ago, there was a place on Quentin Road in Brooklyn, and it was uh, the name of the place was Third and Seven, like a football game. Third and Seven. It was on Thirty Seventh Street, and this guy Pete, who became friendly with, owned the place. And every time I'd go there, I'd see this one guy, really friendly, very, very nice. And, in fact, one night, I moved back to Brooklyn. Danielle and the kids were still in Florida when I first came back to work with Bernard in 2016. 
One night, I went to watch a game. This guy was there. We hung out. Really, really super guy. So this guy shows up last night at the basketball court and says, you know, I'm a big fan. Well, that happens all the time, every day, all day. So I'm like, oh, thank you. He goes, no, you don't understand. He goes, you talk about my brothers all the time. You never talk about me. And I'm like, well, who are your brothers? And he goes, Frank and Anthony Carone. I said, wait a second. You're the guy from Brooklyn seven years ago, third and seven? He goes, yeah, my name is Joseph, Joe Carone, the third brother, and a super guy. So now I've got Frank, Anthony, and Joseph Carone, which I'm sure brings music to the ears of my dear friend Curtis Sliwa, who was set to kick off the guests and join me next. Hour one in the books. We come back next hour with both Curtis Sliwa and Judge Andrew Napolitano. Get ready, folks. Big hour two, Thursday edition, sitting friends in the morning. Coming up after Noam with the news. I could call my very own But that's all right, my love Cause you're my home If I... Boy, this is Sit in Friends in the Morning Friends, how many of us have them? Friends. 77 WABC With their tents up and down every street Come on, but I like burning <laughs> We're going to roll out. We're going to roll out the next phase of our operation. We're going to publicly let it let it be known. Maybe in haste when I. The Candyman and the Laughing Mayor, Mayor Eric Adams, who did visit the migrants at the Roosevelt Hotel yesterday, asked about tent cities. And for some reason, maybe Curtis can explain it, other than the fact that maybe he was high, he loves to smoke weed, broke into this uncontrollable laughter. Curtis Sliwa, of course, gets great ratings noon to one every weekday afternoon, overnights all weekend long, but arguably does his best work. With me every weekday morning about now, 7.10 on most days. Curtis Sliwa, what exactly 
<laughs> what exactly was going on there with your friend the mayor? Well, that's why I picked the Candyman song by Sammy Davis Jr. Remember how he would just break out and laugh? <laughs> yes. You know, he'd be with Frank Sinatra, <laughs> Dean Martin. Ha, 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 ha. Hey, Sammy. Hey, Sammy. Ha, 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 ha. That guy is out of his mind. I mean, can you tell me what exactly is funny about the migrant crisis, tent cities, homeless People scattered all across New York City as I left. Well, what is funny about that? First, what's funny? Tell me, what's funny? You need to ask yourself a question. Why is it that we're the only ones playing this cut? Because this cut was discovered by who else? Nancy Sliwa, who meticulously does a deep dive on everything. Now, he held a press conference in which you had the entire press corps there. You would have thought this would have been the lead video on the evening news, Mayor laughs at a serious reporter who asked a serious question, will you be placing migrants in tents in parks? And she mentioned Central Park and Prospect right. Park. Serious question. Serious. Uncontrollable laugh. Well, we'll say this. If you watch Kamala Harris, the vice president, when she's asked a serious question that she cannot answer, yes. she will give us that nervous giggle. He is the mayor answering a question. He cannot answer, and he gives us similarly the nervous laugh. Right, but we see giggles Kamala Harris <laughs> on TV laughing. <laughs> yeah. Why did we not see this on TV well, or this any other been reports? Nowhere else except for your show. That's it. That's it. And That's it. Was it. found by Nancy Sliwa. I offered it up to Noam Layden. Noam Layden said, "I'm not interested." Noam Layden is a liberal. What is wrong with you? Well. That's what I'm saying. He's a great news guy, but he, he's living a lie. You see, most people, <laughs> most people in the news business need to understand this is news. We are gripped in this serious crisis. I was out at the Roosevelt Hotel for hours yesterday. I'm there every day. Did you see the mayor? No. Mayor never shows up there. No, he was there yesterday. Yeah, where? I just saw in New York 1 he was standing and there were about 200 people laying on the ground. Yeah, I, I, what was he there? For all the five seconds, Maybe. he had a cup of coffee Probably less. Yes. I was there, actually, I ended a meeting. You know this guy. You see him on Fox News Channel. Lawrence Jones, cross country. Funny you say that. I got a uh, um, an email yesterday from a girl named Ali Botts. Never heard of her before. And I'm on Jesse Waters' show once a month. Yes, you know yes, that. Yes. I'm on Brian Kilmeade's One Nation show quite a bit just yesterday. And she goes, hey, Sid, I am the new producer for Lawrence Jones' show, 9 p.m. Saturday nights. Can you come on this week? Oh, this should be great. So, ironically, you mentioned Lawrence Jones, yes. and I just happened to be going on his show this Saturday wonderful, night. Wonderful, wonderful. And I got to tell you, I was there with Lawrence, and, you know, they have the barricades. And I'm there every day. On one side, and notice how when the illegals come, they immediately do what all Americans do. They do not assimilate. They stay with their own tribes. Hispanics to the north, uh, Africans from North Africa who speak French to the south. So with me... Where are the Ukrainians? No, no Ukrainians. (laughs) No Ukrainians. (laughs) So to the uh, North Africans who speak French, I've been to Senegal and Dhaka. So, oh man, this is like homecoming for me. I'm, I'm kicking it. Hey, quel temps fait-il? Je m'appelle Curtis Lee I know all five words in French. So they're like, oh my God, it's like a mosh pit for me. <laughs> I'm diving in there. They're hugging me. They're loving me. It's like I was the candy man, you know? Except uh, they were looking for a little cocaine, oh, you know? Those were the days of real cocaine, candy. Right, right. But anyway, the point is, the mayor's done nothing but create this chaos. 
And now he says everything is on the table. Central Park, Prospect Park. This is out of control. What about Randall's Island? Uh, he won't do it in Randall's Island. What are you he talking about? They're sending 2,000 migrants there as we speak. No, no. He, he can't. This, he the, can't do it. The drainage won't handle it. He tried this once before, remember, and he folded. I say whenever you look at a contract that he signs, which is now under a special provision, emergency executive orders, migrant emergency centers, you can't know what money we're spending or who we're spending it with. You say contract with these cronies, I say kickback. Look at the kickback. <laughs> but now I have bad news for you. Got bad news for me? Said my oh. wife Nancy again, the attorney has done the deep dive, yeah. to back up what I had in a conversation last night as I came back from the Roosevelt Hotel or what they're calling the heartbreak Now, hotel. why would this be bad news for me? Uh, well, actually, it's bad news for a lot of people we mutually know. Oh, no. No, no. It came from a relative of the most famous lawyer ever to graduate poly prep day school. That would be Joseph Tacopino. You couldn't be more hopelessly wrong. Or Arthur Idala. You couldn't be more hopelessly wrong. Or Gary Hanna, whose father owned pastels. You couldn't be more hopelessly wrong. Or, I have no idea. Look... You said there were very few Jews who went to Poly Prep Day School, right? Well, when I was there, I can I can tell you there were four. It was me, uh, Ed Gerstenfeld, Adam Levy, and Bernie. That was it. His name was Bernie. Uh, not Bernie McGurk. There were four Jews in my class. Yeah, well, before you ever discovered Poly Prep Day School, and that was a Shonda that your parents would yeah. send you there. They did the right thing when they pulled you out of there and then sent, made you a, 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 a booker boy. Right. They sent me to Solomon Shek, the Yeshiva. Right. They pulled me out of poly prep because they were tired of all my friends being Italian. They were tired of bookmakers and all this stuff. And I got to Solomon Schechter. And they bet more on football, did more cocaine Hell than yes. anybody at poly prep. And were chasing trim. Too. Yes. Let's not. Uh, yes. Uh, Don't kid yourself. Okay. These Yeshiva kids. They are degenerates. I know that you like to stroke Tacopina and Idella. That's the best ever, both of them. Before sure. they ever recognized what the law was, <laughs> yeah. there was Benito Mussolini I'm in sorry? the courtroom. There Benito was Mussolini. What? Mussolini? He looked like Mussolini. He went to poly prep? Yes, Bruce Cutler. Oh. A fellow Jansman oh. of yourself. Well, you know that when Cutler was busy defending John Gotti all the time. Yes, my you, enemy, my yes, enemy. Do you know who was a very young second to Bruce Cutler in those courtrooms most days? Piss me off. Go ahead. Joseph, Joseph Tacopina. Yeah, of course he was. <laughs> yeah. Didn't I tell you they go to poly prep day school? <laughs> yeah. Tacopina, right? Idala, in order to get the mob scholarship, because he can't afford to go there. And then once they graduate law school, their job in the beginning to make their bones in legal circles is to represent mobsters choking on their lobsters. <laughs> and have Takapina and Idella deny that, and I'll give you a list of all the wise guys they represented when they first Good. came out of law I'm, school. I'm glad they do, because to be honest... And I'm sorry what happened to you, but you deserved it, quite frankly. Wise guys are actually good people. Yeah, but you see, they represented low-budget wise guys. Bruce John Cutler. Gotti? No, Bruce Cutler represented John Gotti yes. Sr., right? Yes, And uh, a relative of Bruce Cutler, uh, actually his father. His father was a detective, a Jewish detective in the NYPD. became a very prominent defense attorney. Gave me the bad news. You spent a lot of time in Shore Road, didn't you? I did. Between Fort Hamilton High School and Zaverian High School, you were mentioning Chris Mullen, Zaverian High School, right? That's correct, yes. 
I had a friend named Carlos Santulli who lived uh, right there by Shore Road. <laughs> nice ball fields here. You ever play baseball there? I sure have. Yes, I, I have. have played baseball yeah. there for. I even uh, received oral one time under the Verrazano Bridge. I'll bet you. And he was a nice guy too. Oh boy, I'll bet you it was LGBTQ plus. <laughs> Never deny Sid his bona fide. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm kidding, but I really did have that happen. I'll bet you under did. the bridge by Shore Road. Yeah. Yes. Why didn't you try to walk up on the bridge and you know scale it like in Saturday? <laughs> Uh, Saturday Night Fever. Cool, I called you. I called you, Joey. I called you. That okay, was a let horrible me, scene. Let me give you the bad news. What's right? the bad news? Between 79th Street and 69th Street along Shore Road, right near the ball fields, yeah. right near the bathrooms that actually work, one of the few city parks where bathrooms work, that's where they're scheduling a tent. A tent? That's right. No way. Yep. No, I'm not worried. You know why? Why? I have somebody on my team... That will not let it happen. Remember Ed, Ka- uh, what was his name? The guy up in uh, Rockland County, who Mayor Adams. Ed Day. Ed Day. Yes. Didn't happen. I got a guy in that part of Bay Ridge that'll never let that happen. Who's that? Number two in the city council, the great Justin Brannan. He signed off on it. Oh, son of a gun. Signed off on it. He's well aware of it. He's going to deny it. I'm only kidding. He's one of the biggest, you know, I know the guy for 23 years, and I like him personally, but he's one of the worst politicians in the history of And New he's York. a liar. He's a degenerate yes. liar. Ari Kagan has to beat him. Well, I will do whatever you want. Who's hosting his you fundraiser are. tonight at Gargiulio's, your favorite oh, place? Oh, that's tonight? Yes, tonight. Oh, I was just there with Peter King a couple of weeks ago. You know the Russo family, Louis, Anthony, all the brothers? There was a Those time, are my boys. There was a time they wouldn't let me come there. They said, I'm surprised this, this is not a place for you. Hey, well, look, uh, now I'm beloved because I helped sell, save that party of Coney Island <laughs> with the Guardian Angels. No, you're right about that. Right, right. Louis's so, a great guy, great so, guy. Well, I'm, ho- I'm hosting the fundraiser for Ari Kagan tonight, 6 o'clock at Gargiulio's. we got to take out Justin Brannan, he has green-lighted the fact that the city that has said everything is on the table for putting up tents, right? They mention almost every conceivable park. Sure, Not Coney park. Island. They didn't say, no, 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 not Surf Avenue. No, no. But they are talking about Bay Ridge. That's right. And we're talking about along Shore Road. And think of it, all the entrances, all the exits. It's not far from 3rd Avenue, 5th Avenue. Oh, Aren't you going to love all the illegal oh. aliens roaming oh. up and down, courtesy of Justin Brannan? And now they're going to deny it. They're going to say, absolutely not. Curtis is a degenerate liar. How many times have I been right on these things? You've been right about 99% of the time. Are they going to say that Bruce Cutler's relatives are lying to me? <laughs> yeah, no, this was no. a guy who represented a guy who wanted to kill me. But here's the bigger question. Yes. When I was growing up as a kid, all right, and I spent time on 3rd Avenue, yeah. all those bars and restaurants, uh, hobnails, wavelengths, you know these places, short ribs. Short you know all these places. If they tried to do this, the people would take to the streets. And you don't want to mess with these people. It's not really like that, that anymore. That was before. Right. Uh, in fact, now you got hipsters and millennials who love Justin Brandon. They love AOC, all our crazy Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. In that Cortez. neighborhood right there? Yes, they're socialists. Oh, my God. In fact, Bay Ridge, not Dyker Heights. Thank God the Heights hasn't sunk. Bay Ridge has voted Democratic of late. They really have. Used to be Marty Golden, Rule. Uh, I love Marty. Marty, former cop, right, Republican, conservative. He was the Brooklyn Borough president. Uh, no, 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 no. No, no. You got the wrong Golden. Howie the Horse Oh, Golden. that was Howie Golden. I mean, he That's lived in right. Manhattan right. Beach. Right. He had, but, like, f- right. five SUVs. But Marty just lost yeah. a couple of years ago. In to Gunnardis. It was, like, a huge upset, right? right. right. Yeah. But 
It used to be a Republican conservative enclave. It's now predominantly Democrat. Oh. They will welcome the illegal aliens. No, they no. will be out there with picnic baskets. Oh, no. They will be there. Justin Brandon will say, no, I tried to fight it. But meantime, all of his supporters will be there. Yay! Come on, come on. Help destabilize the neighborhood. We welcome you. Look at the view. The Verrazano Bridge. You can see Staten Island on the other side. Maybe next stop will be Staten Island. Here's what I want tonight. Uh, Curtis Sleeve at Gargiulo's again with the Russo brothers, my dear friend Louis. But I want Curtis. I want Inna Vernikov. Yes. I want Nicole Maliotakis. Of course. I want all of you folks to be there in Brooklyn tonight helping out Ari Kagan, making sure we get rid of that louse, Justin Brandon. Not just you, Curtis. you got to bring in the whole infantry. All of them. By the way, uh, is uh, your friend going to be showing up? Joey, who was away for a while. That's why you didn't see him. The... Oh, my friend Joe Carone. Oh, yeah. Well, oh, that's my guy. You haven't seen him from your days at 3rd and 7 <laughs> on Quentin Road because he was away. He was no, doing he was, a bit of time. Not Wait, will you stop it? Otisville. He was at the camp. He 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 lived in Anthony Carone's house. Yeah, yeah, in the the same hot tub, right, with you, right? No, no, no. you got to understand. Look, there's Frank, the biggest crook, Frank Carone. There's Anthony Carone. And Joey. Joey came back. He just did a bit. That's why he said, hey, remember me? Am I a person of no consequence? I'm a Carone, too. Why? Because I'm a convict? You, you You don't give me any play anymore? So now you just guaranteed that at some point this afternoon... Because I always defend the Corona Brothers. I really like them. I love them. I don't care what you say. I love Frank. I love Anthony. I've known Joe now for years. And Minash Shapiro, who, of course, works for oh, the mayor. Moishi, Moishi. He's a great guy. And uh, they, they keep thanking me for defending them against these unprovoked, horrible well, attacks from you. Well, yesterday, I know that you had Bill Bratton on. Yes, he was on. Bill Bratton didn't tell you the truth because he hedged his bet with you, figuring you probably didn't know. But he came on and he said, well, Eric Adams, he's half and half, medze, medze. He's trying. Well, yeah, he's but I trying. said what you told me to say. Right. I said he's in the deal for the, yes. the, for the, uh, the casino. casino in Times Square. Yes. And you know who the lobbyist for the casino is? Frank Carone. He's no dummy. Look, a casino in Times Square would be a disaster. Now, why would that be? L- l- why? <laughs> it isn't already a mess? Come on. What do you want, the naked cowboy well, out there strumming his guitar through the casino? You happen to pick one guy who's a great American and a Republican and a Donald Trump yes, supporter. Yes, he is, and he's the only one I in love Times that Square. Guy. Of course, one. of course. And he's bulletproof. <laughs> they have to put up signs in Times Square. Do not carry guns. Yeah, you want a casino right in Times Square. Well, stupid. So you got Jay-Z, he's lobbying it for. With your friend Frank Caron, with Bill Bratton, right? With Steve Green, the, the, the brother of the guy who never won an election in his life, Mark Green. And they want to talk. If you put a casino in Times Square, you destroy it. So he wouldn't attack the mayor yesterday. Notice Ray Kelly went on and yes, said, this yes. guy has done nothing. Because Ray Kelly doesn't have a stake in making oh, money right. from the Adams administration. Uh, listen, Bill Bratton was a great commissioner. He's no Ray Kelly. He sold out. That's all. Uh, he sold out. And so, by the way, yeah. you were yes. defending what? the wife yes. of architect Rex who believed all that nonsense from that liar for hire? Who is that guy? What, what was his? Macedonio. Uh, you, he, this guy was a lawyer of no consequence roaming the halls of Suffolk County Court there. He now represents, uh, oh, she didn't know nothing. Uh, she didn't. How do you not know anything? The guy's digging holes in the backyard every night. He's burning garbage. He's got guns, 300 in the basement. He's sitting on the porch, right, like the Beverly Hillbillies, right, with all of a sudden plywood holding it up, watching TV, chopping wood. And she knows nothing, like Sergeant Schultz. And you're so gullible. You, Sidro 
Baltimore. Oh, it's, it's, it's conceivable to me, kind of believable to me. This woman knows everything, and she wasn't even questioned by Rodney Harrison. How could you not question the wife? Let me just say this. Uh, first of all, Bob Macedonio is a great attorney. Thank you to Todd Shapiro. But, uh, you didn't even know him before Todd Shapiro no introduced idea. No him. idea. But the truth is, is I feel so badly for this lady who's completely innocent despite your rantings and ravings that I'm considering, I'm considering taking Asa Ellerup and her two children and having them live in my house in Gabriel's spare bedroom. <laughs> People who show up with pitchforks outside of your house... The Irish, the Italians, the Jews, oh, they will God, run you face. out of there. Your face. And by your the face. way, yes. by the way, you ask the question of the lawyer, who's always, they're all liars for hire, depending on the price. Uh, how is she surviving? Where's the money? Where's the money? Do you know every week this woman would go to the supermarket and she would pay with food stamps? Yeah, because her husband was a cheap prick. Snapped. No. Yes. No, no. She was bilking the system. She belongs in jail. No, she doesn't. Take what that back. He was making hundreds of thousands of dollars. He didn't throw her any coin. No, no he didn't. Oh, yeah, believe that. Oh, uh, yes. Oh, no, because he was such a sweet guy. Right? Watch. He now, a mass now murderer. she's going to go on a book tour, a documentary. <laughs> well, I hope she movie. does. Woe is me. I didn't know Let anything. Let me tell you something. Her first interview is going to be right here. I know that. Oh, no, so I can't wait. You will say anything to that liar for hire. What the hell is that lawyer of no consequence? Macedonio. <laughs> Bob Macedonio. I mean, the guy roams the, the hallways of Suffolk County Court. Right, looking for all kinds of clients. Hey, MS-13, can I represent you? Well, what do you got? Pesos? No problem. I need to work. And now he's representing her in marital? You know what that means, family law. Your wife, Danielle, knows she's in family law. It's all about the money, the scattle, the ducats. He will lie for a dollar. That's what all lawyers do. In fact, if I was to drag a wallet on the floor, all the graduates of Poly Prep Day School who became liars for hire, watch, it would have been Bruce Cutler running ahead of the pack, followed by Takapina and Authorized Alice saying, which side do you want me to argue on? Whoever pays me the most, that's the side that I'll lie for. Radio 77 WABC. Bill O'Reilly here, and I'm warming up. Stand by for the O'Reilly Update Morning Edition. But first, if you thought booking your timeshare was difficult before, you know it's almost impossible now. For more than a decade, Lone Star Transfer has helped thousands of owners legally and permanently get out of their never-ending timeshare fees. Lone Star Transfer guarantees the release of all liability to your timeshare in writing and in a specific time frame. For free, no obligation consultation, please call 855-551-7066 or go to LoneStarTransfer.com. On this Thursday, another day, another Trump indictment. Special Prosecutor Jack Smith now alleges President Trump actively tried to subvert the 2020 election, and knew the vote was not corrupt, but said it was. This is no surprise. It's basically payback for House Republicans going after President Biden on possible bribery charges. The Democrats have coordinated the legal attacks on Trump, informally, of course, no fingerprints, and after Smith's latest, 
New York Attorney General Letitia James announced she's ready to charge the Trump organization with fraud in a civil case. Fulton County, Georgia, will be next on and on and on. Not since Abraham Lincoln suspended habeas corpus in 1862 has the federal government flexed so much political power. The progressive movement is sending a message. Leave Joe Biden alone or we will destroy you. All of this is brutal for the American people who are becoming more polarized by the hour. The Justice Department can indict anyone. It took a ridiculous two and a half years to bring this latest case against Trump. Also, the economic status of the USA has now been downgraded because of all the chaos. So we all are being punished, not to mention election interference in the upcoming presidential vote in 2024. What a dismal situation. Back after this. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles, listen up. Car Shield is a low-cost monthly vehicle protection plan now available to you. This protection plan is at an all-time low price. Please call 800-925-7584 for a free quote. Drivers who activate today will also receive free roadside assistance and towing at no additional cost. That is 800-925-7584 right now. That is the Morning O'Reilly Update. More analysis later on. Sit in Friends in the Morning, 77 WABC. I saw a report that Barack Obama has promised to help Joe Biden. In fact, there are these two skanks, Joe and Mika, losers, talking about it right now. Barack Obama promises to help Joe Biden win re-election in 2024. And being they've rigged the whole Department of Justice and just about everything else, that may be a um, pretty good promise by Obama, who runs things anyway. I mean, Joe Biden 
as uh, Bill O'Reilly's told you a million times and others, basically the best he does all day is make a bowl of Captain Crunch. It's about as much as he can do. So uh, it's not as if Obama's not heavily involved to begin with, but now Barack promising, don't you worry, Joe, we'll get you a win again in 2024. The judge, Angela Napolitano, set to join us next. Once again, Donald Trump will be arraigned at 4 o'clock this afternoon in Washington, D.C., about to be arrested, indicted now for a third time, unprecedented, and the hits just keep coming. Letitia James, Alvin Bragg, this ridiculous E. Jean Carroll defamation suit, they just keep coming, and at least till now... And it's still relatively early, not very early, but relatively early. Till now, Donald Trump seems unfazed. Now, one quick note. Nothing to do with Trump. I'm in the gym yesterday, and you guys know my movie is coming out next Friday. And half the cast is promoting it and half isn't because they're scared to death of the SAG actors getting mad at them. You know, And I don't really know who's mad, who's not mad. I, I hear Fran Drescher out there. I see others. Even Emile Hirsch the star of Inside Man, he was out with the folks in Los Angeles protesting yesterday. So the movie's coming out uh, next Friday. It's playing in a theater in Brooklyn, and I'm going to invite a bunch of you folks to join me, my wife, my kids, personal friends, close friends and family to watch it the first night of its release next Friday in Brooklyn. I'm going, too, so for yes, anybody you that are. wants to come yes, and see you me. Yes, yeah, yeah. nobody, nobody wants to see Oh, okay, got Nobody. Got okay, i just make it. Nobody. Nobody. throwing it out there. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. So Gravesend is also doing very well on Amazon Prime. That's the not-a-movie, a cable drama show I'm in. In fact, it's second to Yellowstone right now on Amazon Prime. And it's been out there for about a month, you know. So I get a call yesterday from Leo Rossi was a really good actor. He was the guy in the Jodie Foster movie, The Accused, who was egging on all those young guys to rape her on the pinball machine. It was a gross character, but nevertheless, very effective in that movie. And he plays Mikey the Hat in Gravesend, and he's great. So I'm at the gym about 4 o'clock yesterday afternoon, and Leo calls me. He goes, listen, uh, I just want to tell you this. I think you'll like to hear this. But I've got a buddy of mine, and his name is Joe Pistone. And he said, uh, Joe, of course, was very big in the Bonanno crime family, hanging out at the Motion Lounge in Williamsburg, guys like Sonny Black and Lefty and all those guys. And he said, you know, he said, I watched Gravesend. And he says, uh, this guy, Sid, you know him? And Leo goes, yeah, yeah, I know him. He's a, he's a good friend. He goes, I got to tell you, he was the most realistic of all. He goes, I had a guy in my crew. He goes, Sid must have studied him. I have no idea what he's talking about. He goes, Sid must have studied him because the head nods, the facial expressions, hands in the pocket, the way he looked, the way he moved, it was eerily similar. He goes, I don't know what kind of actor Sid is. He goes, now I'll admit, I listen to Sid every morning. I'm like, wow, every morning. Listen to Sid every morning. But he was blown away by my silly little performance in Gravesend. Now, do you know who Joe Pistone is, Justin? Uh, yes. Who? The guy you're talking about. Very good. Uh, let's go to Noam Layden. Do you know who Joe Pistone is, Noam Layden? I do not, no. Have you heard the name Donnie Brasco? Yes, of course. Oh, there you go. Okay, now I know. He, he was Donnie Brasco. He is Donnie Brasco. Was he still alive? He's Donnie Brasco. He's the guy that uh, tore the whole thing down, if you will. So, long story short, he uh, listens to this show every day, and he loved my performance in Gravesend 
Thank you, Donnie Brasco. All right, we'll get to Judge Napolitano coming up momentarily. 741 on your Thursday morning in New York City, just ahead once again of the Jets and Browns preseason football Hall of Fame game tonight. Sit in friends in the morning. 77 WABC. If he's saying that there was fraud, the First Amendment doesn't allow the President of the United States to go and claim there was fraud when he was told there was not fraud and then try to subvert the election by overturning legitimate electors. I mean, it says it right here in the actual indictment. Absolutely. The First Amendment protects all speech. If we're going to have a a situation where the Department of Justice is going to fact-check politicians and indict politicians for political speech and whether or not they're factually accurate, then this country will shut down politically because it's a never-ending cycle of tit-for-tat. And that's the risk of injecting politics into the criminal justice system. So right now, people disagree with President Trump. What's going to happen four years from now if somebody disagrees with President Biden in terms of what he said during the election? That's why we don't criminalize political speech. Political speech under the First Amendment has has an almost absolute protection. Nobody gets to judge whether it's true or not, except the American people. And we do that in an election. We do that in an election. We do that in the case of a president by impeachment. But we don't indict people. And REM are so right. It's the end of the world as we know it. That's Trump attorney John Laurel, courtesy of CNN last night. I got to tell you, this um, Caitlin Collins, she's a cute kid, don't get me wrong, nice to look at. Looked very good in that white pantsuit she wore when she, you know, just uh, was so disrespectful with President Trump a couple of months ago. And how many times did she, she say, John, you shut up? I mean, for me, she's catching up to Joy Behar as the most impossible woman on television. CNN loves her. They gave her a 9 o'clock slot. She's getting no ratings. Her ratings are abysmal. I mean abysmal. She doesn't shut up. Clearly, she doesn't like Donald Trump. We got it, Caitlin. But if you're bringing on Trump's attorney and he's going to make a very, very valid point about the First Amendment, shut up. Play with your hair. Take a couple of selfies. And be quiet. My next guest, complete opposite. We don't want him to shut up. No, we don't. We want him to talk because he's a brilliant judge and, of course, long history of success in the media. Fox News, Imus, has his own great podcast and is here every Thursday morning. My dear friend, the judge, Andrew Napolitano. Judge Knapp, how are you, buddy? Um, great, Sid. How are you? Good morning to you. Good morning. Friend. Nice to have you back. And uh, Steve Lapa is somewhere right now listening and enjoying this. I know that. He loves you. Oh, yes, yes he is. <laughs> Do you know, I don't know if you know this, but when my career was basically over, 
I had just gotten fired by WQAM down in Miami after a drunk driving issue, and and I was done. I was on the cover of Deadspin, the cover of the Sun Sentinel, and it was Steve Lapper at Little 640 Sports in Pompano Beach, Florida, that gave me my last chance in 2013, and I parlayed that into my current job at WABC. That's how much Steve Lapper has meant to my career. Well, Steve Lapa now uh, represents me, and Judging Freedom is doing better than it ever has uh, in large measure because, let's face it, he's a genius when it comes to getting a message out, uh, particularly on radio or podcast. No, he is a genius. I mean, Chad Lopez is a guy with a, the only guy with balls to bring me back to New York, and Chad will forever be known for that. But I never would have gotten to Chad Lopez if not for Steve Lapa. But let's get to uh, John Laurel there on CNN, what he said about Donald Trump. I've had Takapina on. I've had Dershowitz on. Idala on. They made it very, very clear that uh, this specific indictment, the onus is really on the prosecution to try to prove that Donald Trump did not believe in his heart of hearts that he lost the election. Uh, Oh, they won the election. Let me tell you something. From the day that they called that election in 2020, that's all that Donald Trump talks about. I'm sorry, Jack Smith, but I am telling you, I promise you, Donald Trump thinks he won that election. Well, I believe that Donald Trump thinks he won the election, but I I don't think that's relevant because, first of all, I agree with my colleagues uh, whose names you've just articulated, and I especially agree with the the clip you just ran uh, of John Lauro and uh, the woman from CNN trying to cut him off. Uh, The issue here is the freedom of speech. Did the freedom of speech protects the right to be wrong? It protects the right for you to utter even a falsehood. So it really doesn't matter. Donald Trump could have believed that he lost, but he has the right to say that he won. That goes to his moral character for the the voters to vote on. But there's nothing illegal about that. This is even worse than it appears. This is actually the prosecution of a thought crime. What is a conspiracy? A conspiracy is an agreement to commit a crime That is never committed. This is why the government likes to charge conspiracy, because whenever they charge a crime, they have to show that somebody was harmed, an individual was physically hurt, the bank was robbed, the bomb went off, etc. In a conspiracy case, they don't have to show harm. They can't show harm because there there never was a crime that was yep. committed. Right. So and, you know I'm doing I'm doing an off Broadway show this fall, Clarence Darrow tonight. Just me being Clarence Darrow. Here's the line from the show. He's defending uh, a guy charged with conspiracy. If a young boy steals a dime, he's not going to go to jail. A small fine will do. But if two boys conspire to steal a dime and then don't Steal it. They are candidates for the penitentiary. <laughs> what kind of a government does this to its own people? And then one of the jurors says, ours. At that point, he knows he has an acquittal on his hands. Right. But the point is, this is a thought crime, and the First Amendment protects speech and it protects thought. Trump is uh, going to be arraigned on four felony charges today. And like the judge is talking about, I can't find one. And, you know, I know that the uh, the second indictment, the document scandal, which he added four more charges this week, Jack Smith, seems to be some teeth in that. The first one a joke. I believe this one a joke, too. You can pile up all you want. 
But legally, uh, like you talked about, I think what they really wanted here was to get Trump on inciting a riot. But once Trump said, which he did say, we're going to walk peacefully to the Capitol after this is done, they couldn't get that either. So I'm not exactly sure, to your point, what the prosecution is looking to nail him on here. It seems like, A, he really did think he won the election. And like you said, freedom of speech. What is their argument? When you know, when, back when I was at Fox, Fox asked me to analyze his speech on the ellipse, and I did it. It's a published opinion. That speech is 100% protected by the First Amendment. Uh, it's political speech, and it's absolutely protected. I believe that Jack Smith and his team recognized that, which is why they did not charge him uh, with uh, with inciting a riot. I don't know what their goal is here. I am a little worried because of the unindicted, unnamed co-conspirators, and we know who they are. One of them is our dear mutual friend, the former great mayor of New York City, Rudy Giuliani. When they dangle before the public who you are without saying who you are, that's a threat to indict if you don't cooperate with them. Now, Rudy's been in this business his whole career. He knows how this works. He used to be, of course, on the other, uh, on the other side, and he did meet uh, with FBI agents. He has since said he's not a cooperating witness. I believe him. I can't imagine that he would cooperate with the feds. But the fact that he is articulated as a conspirator means that that sort of Damocles, that potential indictment, is hanging over his head as it is over the heads uh, of the others. That's the way the government plays ball. In the Mar-a-Lago case, there are two co-defendants. The government approached both of them and said, we need you to testify against the boss. They both said, go take a hike. They both were indicted. So I am sure that the feds are going to approach Rudy and John Eastman and this crazy lawyer, Sidney Powell, uh, and and Jeff Clark and say, you want to get indicted? Stay silent. You want to work with us? We won't indict you. That's the way the government works. It's more or less a bribe. Tell us what we want you to tell us, and we'll leave you alone. What's interesting here is that is Joe Biden's folks here going out of their way to nail Trump. And and I believe it's to take the eye off the ball, the real ball, which is Joe Biden. So on a day where the former president is about to be arrested, arraigned again for a third time, unprecedented, you would think that would be the cover of the New York Post, which it was yesterday. It was yesterday. But instead, today's New York Post, the cover reads this letter of the lie. Joe denied he talked foreign biz with son, so why did he send this thank you note? There's a picture of Joe Biden, and here's the letter from the vice president, which he was at the time, back in January of 2011, to Devin Archer. Dear Devin, I apologize for not getting a chance to talk to you at the land, at the luncheon yesterday. I was having trouble getting away from hosting President Hugh. I hope I get a chance to see you again soon with Hunter. I hope you enjoyed the lunch. Thanks for coming. Sincerely, Vice President Joe Biden. P.S. Hope you guys are happy together. I mean, here it is. President Trump is going to court today, and the Post has another piece of evidence of the guy that's really committed to real crimes. That's Joe Biden, not Donald Trump. I'm sorry to say that I have to agree with you. I mean, this is a very, very sad uh, state of affairs that we're facing. And while this is happening, Joe Biden just ordered up 3,000 uh, reservists 
These are, you know, American men that live with their families, that work their jobs. Suddenly they're called into active duty. And where are they going? Poland and Romania. Why the hell are we doing that? Because Joe knows that the ground is, is slipping out from under him and wants to run as a wartime president. He somehow thinks that using Ukraine as a battering ram against Vladimir Putin is going to get him back uh, into the White House. They also want to use Donald Trump as a battering ram. Uh, to keep the Joe Biden bad news off the front page. You you have your finger right on the pulse of this, my dear friend. It's a terrible state of affairs uh, that we live in uh, today. And I got to tell you, as much as I love uh, Trump and I've known him for 35 years, I don't really relish Trump against Biden again. I just I'm not looking forward. To I know you, you and everybody else. I mean, they take these polls all the time and the overwhelming amount of Americans, even some that love Trump like you and I do go, wait a second, 300 million people. And these two are the best we can do. Now, I get offended when they say that because President Trump, for the better part of three and a half years, was as good as anyone, as good as anyone. So don't give me this is the best we can do. But, but one guy will be 82, one guy approaching 80. So you can understand where these people are coming from. Yes? Yes. Yes. I don't know what the uh, alternative is. Um, I don't know how this is going to turn out. If you ask me when this, this new case is going to be tried, I think it's going to be tried before Mar-a-Lago. I know this judge. She is one tough cookie. She's probably this afternoon going to order a trial date in December. Well, not, again. Just, not just a tough cookie, but appointed by Obama. You know yes. she hates Trump. In fact, Alan Dershowitz, another great attorney, was on with Katsimatidis yesterday, and he said, and I quote, the worst possible judge for Donald Trump in this case. Uh, uh, Professor Dershowitz, as usual, uh, is correct. She once, in a civil case, ruling about whether or not Trump had to uh, turn over uh, records after he left uh, the White House to the Congress, said Trump thinks he's a king. So she obviously uh, has no quarter for him. That is not enough bias to get her off the case. But my point is, if the government says they're ready, this is going to be a speedy trial. Look for it to happen before the uh, before the Mar-a-Lago case. I agree. For- I agree Brian, before but- the case. But my question to you is more important than when it will happen. What about the venue? We know, of course, that first case has no teeth. So New York is no fan of Trump. But so what? The second one, the big one, the documents case that goes in Trump's favor. It's in Miami. This one, D.C., is like New York. So both Donald Trump and Dershowitz on record the last two days saying they can't let it stay there. Trump's attorneys, they've mentioned West Virginia. They've mentioned Virginia. What are the odds you think that Trump's attorneys could have this specific venue moved? Zero. Zero. The feds just don't like to do that. You can move a state case, but moving a, fed, a federal case is nearly uh, impossible. They would have to show that they can't find 16 because it's 12 jurors plus four alternates in the federal system. They would have to show that they cannot find 16 people who are not uh, prejudiced against him. Maybe there's 17 in D.C. that are not prejudiced against him, but they're going to have to find them. <laughs> okay. Oh, boy. Listen, you uh, are great. Their, got their work cut out for them. But yeah. I will tell you this. I don't know John Lauro. I know many of the other players, but I've been very, very impressed with him uh, in the past uh, two days. He's getting the message out there. He's handsome. He's articulate. He reminds me of Sacapina. He, he's doing the job. 
No, I agree. He is terrific. And uh, any any comparison to Joe Tacopina for an attorney is a very, very good thing. Hey, you're great. You're always great. Thank you so much. Another terrific appearance. We'll do it again next Thursday. Thank you oh, so much. You got it. You got it. Please, please remind that character O'Reilly. I still love him. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully you'll be out there on October 27th when me and O'Reilly hit the stage together at the Paramount Theater in Huntington, Long Island. You're going to be there? I'm going to be an agent provocateur in the audience. All right. <laughs> I like to hear that. All right. Judge Napolitano, folks, 740 every Thursday morning. Always does a great job. And talking about Big Bad Bill O'Reilly, he coming up next hour, the highest rated segment of any segment all week long on WABC. Rosenberg and O'Reilly coming up at 840, hour number three of the Thursday edition of Sid and Friends in the morning about to come your way. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. What you say? Be just a friend. Oh, you're my best friend. 77 WABC. Oi! seeing Chris Mullen last night. Man, I love that guy. My favorite basketball player ever from the great days at St. John's. His brilliant 16-year Hall of Fame NBA career, Golden State, Indiana. The dream team, all of it. And still a Brooklyn guy at heart. We spent more time last night, me, Chris, Chris Mullen, his brother Terrence. So Terrence's wife, Chrissy, too, lovely lady. We spent more time, me, Chris, and his buddy Joe Harkins, who's actually having a big Republican fundraiser next Thursday, which I'm going to speak at, me and Tom Sullivan, speaking more about the Gemini Lounge, because Mullen uh, grew up right down the block. And the character I play in the movie, Dracula, Roy DeMeo's first cousin, Mullen used to see that guy sitting outside with his feet in a kiddie pool uh, almost every day. And it, was, it made for a very interesting conversation. When I brought the, the guy up, Chris was like, I know who he is. So Mullen was uh, was great last night. My son Gabe, whose team did get thrashed, they're now two and four on the season, was really excited to meet Chris. You don't meet a Hall of Famer every day, especially a homegrown Brooklyn kid right there at Cali's in a neighborhood last night. So that was fun. And uh, the whole crew again, Mike Riley, Mike Sullivan, Phil Hughes, Jason Sapola, Joe Harkins, Joe Carone, Brian and Flip Mullen, and a nice couple I met as well, Joan and Jen Chan. So I walked by Eric Salas moments ago. Eric Salas is in charge of our video department. And he says to me, he goes, you know, 
the video you did with the Giants tight end at Giants training camp a couple of days ago, the guy that uh, I got from the Raiders, Darren Waller, has already gotten 4,000 views overnight on YouTube. He goes, in fact, it is the eighth highest Sid and Friends YouTube video ever, dating back to my days with Bernard, and recently, far and away, the most popular video on YouTube. So great job by Eric Salas, who was at Giant Training Camp a couple of days ago with Mike DeDino and a host of others, actually did that work. So thank you, Eric. That brings us not to the Giants, but the Jets. We'll get to Donald Trump and Eric Adams momentarily. But the NFL preseason does start tonight with Joe Nolan's New York Jets taking on the Cleveland Browns Hall of Fame game. 8 o'clock start right now. The Jets, one-and-a-half-point underdog. No Aaron Rodgers tonight. You'll get Zach Wilson. Lots of Zach Wilson. But I have my dear friend Joe Beningo, WFAN legendary host. In fact, he still works there. He fills in. He fills in the last two mornings, filling in for Boomer Esiason. Beningo was on with me, though, on Monday. Splits his time now between me and the fan. And the first thing he talked about was, hey, if you're a Giant fan like Sid, we don't want you on the Jet bandwagon. Because most people think the Giants will struggle at best go 10-7, and not as good as the Eagles or Dallas. And a lot of folks think the Jets right now are there with Buffalo, Cincinnati, Kansas City as the best teams in the conference. So Beningo said, there is no room on our wagon. Joe Beningo, cut number 13. Let me start with this. You know, we don't need any fraud Jet fans jumping on the bandwagon, okay? I mean, I don't need those people, okay? I, and I don't want to hear the – this gets me to the gratuitous Giant fan, and I'm not – this is not you, but the gratuitous Giant fan. Oh, I want to see the Jets do good. No, you don't. No, you don't. Then he goes on to talk about how if it's up to him, his new quarterback, Aaron Rodgers, won't take one snap, not one during all four preseason games, Joe Beningo, cut number 14. This is my biggest fear, Sid. You know, somebody getting hurt in preseason, right? Rodgers does not see, in my mind, Rodgers does not see the field in a preseason game this year. Really? Absolutely not. You don't play him at all? No. Not at all. Oh, I can't say that. I, I can't. And I'll tell you, and what do you mean? Not one, not one series not against one. the Browns? I don't want to see him in one. Look, oh, come they do on. these. Listen to me. They do these controlled scrimmages, right? They got, they're doing a two-day controlled scrimmage with the Panthers. They're doing a two-day scrimmage with Tampa. He'll play, it, that'll be his preseason. Now, Giants start their preseason next Friday against the Lions. Steve Cohen spoke yesterday, the Mets owner, and despite what the GM Billy Upper said a couple of days ago, it sure feels like a fire sale. Justin Verlander gone, Max Scherzer gone, Tommy Pham gone, Leone gone, Connor gone. Sure feels like a fire sale to me, but Epper said no. And then finally, the owner, Steve Cohen, right before another embarrassing loss by the Mets yesterday in Kansas City to the Royals, talked about what happened the last couple of days, starting with the guys he says he was basically forced to trade. Steve Cohen, cut number 17. I spoke to Max. I spoke to Justin. Um, you know, I spoke to uh, David. You know, I... Uh, um, want to reach out to Tommy, and and, um, and I will do that today. Um, you know, I, I genuinely like these guys, and, and you know, they played hard, and, and we all had high hopes. But as a leader, you're forced to make hard decisions. Goes on to talk about how, and Yankee fans know this as well as anybody, spending money doesn't always guarantee a World Series. Met owner Steve Cohen, cut number 20. 
I don't want, I don't want to roll a team out there that we're going to be embarrassed by. But saying, you know, I, but we also know that you know spending a fortune, you know, everyone says I spent a lot of money, and other teams did too. Doesn't guarantee you uh, a trip to the playoffs. So the Mets are already talking 2024. Here's Steve Cohen with that. This is cut number 19. I think we got to you know look and see what we need. Obviously, we're going to need starting pitching. And one more big note from Yankee camp. The Yankees did get a win yesterday. They start a big four-game set against the Houston Astros later on tonight. They beat Tampa Bay behind Garrett Cole. That was the key. But the Yankees did lose a pitcher for the rest of the year. Domingo Herman, just a couple of years ago, was suspended half a season for domestic violence issues. Now it turns out Domingo, like me, an addict, has drinking problems. He's on his way to rehab for alcohol. And uh, Yankee skipper Aaron Boone spoke about Domingo Herman after the loss, after the win, I should say, over Tampa Bay last night. Here's Boone on Herman, cut number 16. He is a sweetheart of of guy. I mean, he's... And... um. You know, so when you see something that, you know, certainly has now affected his livelihood um, and more importantly, his life and, you know, how serious it is, um, it it is very sad for, um, you know, someone that's that's very talented. And uh, so I think that's the biggest thing. My takeaway of all of it is just sad for and, and just, you know, hope and pray that he gets the right kind of help that, you know, truly gets him going in in the right direction for the rest of his life. But the big news of the day, of course, has my friend President Trump set to be arraigned 4 o'clock this afternoon, a courthouse in Washington, D.C., arrested, indicted for a third time. And if you think it's not about him and only him, you're somewhere between naive and stupid and, quite frankly, closer to the latter. This is not about justice. These indictments are all ridiculous, except for maybe the second one. But even that's a stretch. This is clearly, clearly election interference. If you don't see it, you're agenda-driven, you're biased, you have no credibility. John Laurel happens to be Donald Trump's attorney in this case. He was on with that annoying Caitlin Collins on CNN last night, and he talked about this is really all about one guy. And that guy, of course, is Donald Trump. Cut number six. No sitting president has ever been criminally charged for his views, for taking a position. And by the way, is there any doubt there's two systems of justice in the United States? Was Hillary Clinton prosecuted for the Russian hoax? Were, were those individuals who said, don't worry about the Biden, uh, the, the Biden laptop because it's just Russian disinformation, are they being prosecuted? No. Only one person in America is being prosecuted for his political beliefs. And that should send a chill, a warning to every single American who one day wants to get up and say, this is what I believe in. I disagree with the Biden administration, but these are the beliefs I have. Because every person who does that now is subject to a potential criminal case. I mean, the fact is, New York Post has a letter today that Joe Biden, as vice president 12 years ago, sent to Devin Archer, thanking him for hanging out with Hunter, talking blah, blah, blah. Clearly, the Bidens love every second of this because they are the real criminals. It ain't Donald Trump. The real effing criminals are the Bidens. The New York Post did not allow Joe Biden to get away with it today, even though Trump is about to be arraigned. But James Comer made the point on the Ingram angle last night on Fox News. It ain't Trump. It's Biden. Cut number four. I think the American people see what's going on, whether or not this is a weaponized Department of Justice 
trying to divert attention away from Biden corruption or whether they're trying to take out their chief top political opponent in the upcoming election. The American people see through this. And uh, this is a sad day for the rule of law, and it's a sad day for the justice system in America. Now, of course, this is in D.C. Everybody knows it ain't good. First one, New York. It's such a flimsy case, it ain't going to matter. Not good, but not going to matter. Second one, that was the most teeth, the document case, that's in Miami. That's good for Trump. But this one, D.C., no good. And not just the venue, no good, which Trump would like to move to West Virginia, but as the Judge Napolitano said, the odds of that are about zero. But the judge in this case, an Obama appointee, hates Trump. And she has shown that by decisions in the past. Alan Dershowitz talked about that on Katz and Cosby yesterday. She's the worst possible judge to sit on a case like this. This case must have a judge who is beyond reproach. This is a woman who was trained at the Boyce-Shiller firm. The Boyce-Shiller firm, in my view, is the most corrupt firm among any large firm. I got them recused not so long ago from a case because of a conflict of interest. It was another case in which the chief judge in the Southern District said the conflict was so clear that even a first-year student should see it. Over and over again, this firm has been charged with uh, essentially corruption. And this is a woman who learned at the feet of these lawyers and was in the firm when they represented Burisma and represented Hunter Biden. She is the worst possible judge to sit on this case in the worst possible district. This is the most extreme anti-Trump district in the United States. And so the case should be moved to Virginia, West Virginia, and taken and put in front of a different judge. What show gives you Suns basketball game, Chris Mullen, goings on in your hometown, Jets, Giants, Mets, Yankees, and the biggest news item of the day, Donald Trump, all in one segment. Only one, only one, folks. Imus is dead. Stern's on satellite radio. Only one. That's me, Sid Rosenberg, exclusively on Talk Radio 77. W-A-B-C. Like the back of my hand I felt the earth Beneath my feet Sat by the river And it made me complete Oh, sympathy Where have you gone? I'm getting old And I need something to rely on So tell me Gonna let me in. I'm getting tired and I need somewhere to begin. I came across a fallen tree. I felt the branches of you looking at me. Is this the place we used to love? WABC. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends. Hey, Bill O'Reilly here, the program Common Sense, a radio station WABC. Sid and O'Reilly are doing a live show at the Paramount Theater, Huntington, Long Island, called A New York State of Mind, on Friday, October 27th at 8 p.m. So this is going to be a blast. And let me just give you an outline. I uh, put together this show especially for New Yorkers and people in Connecticut and Pennsylvania and New Jersey, what they call the metropolitan area. 
Because all of us have commonality in the way we were brought up. Some had much better upbringings than others. But the environment of New York City is so dramatic, the options so plentiful, that all of us have crossed currents. So, for example, Sid was brought up in Brooklyn, about a half mile away from where my father was brought up, on West Street. All right? And so... His Jewish family has crossed currents to my Irish family and his childhood. They say that these are not the best of times. They're the only times I've ever known. Time for meditation in cathedrals of our own. Now I have seen that sad surrender in my lover's eyes. And I can only stand apart and sympathize. But we are always what our situations hand us. See the sadness or euphoria. My humble opinion, the best Billy Joel song ever, Summer Highland Falls. And what's funny is, while I was doing something I very rarely do, pat myself on the back. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Most people get it. Some still get annoyed, they're assholes. But um, <laughs> I'm being serious. While I was doing that and saying, who else is going to give you Donald Trump, the Jets, the Giants, the Mets, the Yankees, all that in one segment, two people almost simultaneously texted me at the same time and said, and by the way, you play the best music of any radio station every morning. One being our friend Lori, the real estate mogul in New Jersey, to rent your house in Tenafly right now. And the other being one of the people I respect most in my whole career in this business, a man that was a PD here, a man that built ESPN in New York. I really love this guy, Tim McCarthy texted me, too, and said, plus, you play great music. So, well, how about that? And you can't give Lou Rufino the credit this week. It's been all you. That's true. Lou has not been here. I've done absolutely no thinking whatsoever no, in terms of the music. I, I don't let you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The less you think, the better. Exactly. I'll get to you in a second, oh, but okay. Bo Deedle's going to come in at 9 o'clock after Bill O'Reilly, and he, he played, you played a bit there eh, of his uh, podcast, which is a great podcast, and it was him and former New York Police Commissioner Bernard Carrick. Bernie was out with us a couple of days ago. I love Bernie. So it turns out, while Curtis Sleva was with me this morning in studio, yeah. I glanced over at the phone, and I saw Bernie Carrick's name. And I knew I didn't book Bernie Carrick today. Yeah. I did have Bill Bratton and Ray Kelly on yesterday. That's a lot I didn't of book him. And so I didn't think you booked him. No. So I saw his name disappear. I finished the segment with Curtis, and I said to you, I said, why would Bernie Carrick be calling? Mm-hmm. He thought he was calling Joe Piscopo. I, well, I, oh, is that is that what it was? Well, that who confirmed? else is on? He's not, he's not calling Boomer Esiason. No, that's he's true. not calling. Well, maybe Lennon Michael. That's right. right. And, that's if, what and, I was and by the way, if he calls into Lennon Michael, as much as I love Bernie, he's never on this show again. <laughs> I'm being I'm being serious. That is the worst, most <laughs> embarrassing. And I like both those guys. Mm-hmm. Len is terrific at sports. Mike, great on Broadway. They, as a team. 
are the most embarrassing duo in the history of radio. Every person at WOR listens to me. Every one of their sales guys said, <laughs> if Tom Cuddy would have hired Sid, we'd be number one. Number one. Give us Sid with Mark Simone and Sean Hannity. They hate him. So if Bernie Carrick was calling them, he is suspended oh my God. forever. Oh, my God. So now you need to find out. <laughs> okay. Sure. Now, what is this uh, nonsense about your mother's birthday or something? Or? It's not nonsense. It's her birthday today. Yeah, but there's nonsense attached to it. Why is there nonsense attached to it? Because for some reason, you think you have the authority. <laughs> I never. I asked you. I asked you. No, but you already told your mother yes. Yes, I did. Yes. So what good is asking me? Then? <laughs> it's kind of like Joe Tacopino calls me and go, should I go to, to see Trump? And I go, where are you now? He goes, yeah. I'm at the airport. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Well, right. Yeah. No, I just said I just told her it would happen because I figured you're a pretty nice guy. I like your mom. From time to time. You do oh, like my I'm mom. A, I'm a very nice yes, guy. Yes, no, you're great. And I love your mother. Right. And you she love me. Cool. She's cool. Right. And you love me. So I do love I you. I figured yes. uh, it yeah. would work out. So go ahead. Wish her a happy birthday. Oh, happy birthday, Ma. There you go. Enjoy yourself. I'll see you this weekend. I got to go see my mom this weekend. What about your father? Yeah, my dad. He's you cool. never talk about him. You hate your father? No, I, love, I love my father. No, you don't. <laughs> uh, you, you always talk about him. Your mother's all over my Instagram page. Uh, yeah. But there's never any mention of uh, Daddy Alec. It's not. Well, first of all, Daddy Alec makes it sound weird. His yeah. name is Ross. He goes What's by, his name? Ross. Oh, what an annoying Jewish name. Well, he goes by Ross Roscoe. Alec. He, he goes by Roscoe. He's what got. He's, go he's one of those people who has a self-proclaimed nickname. He well, has. He I has. don't know if I like your father. We okay, be that's fine. I like your mom, but <laughs> I can't be friends with a guy named Roscoe Ellen. There's no yeah, way. Yeah, you can. I can. Yeah, why not? Does he like me, your father? He does actually. He uh, likes. Like, he likes. Actually, like that's a surprise. Like, yeah, you know. Now well, that because, I think about it, because you guys are actually like uh, you're, you're pretty like similar. Like okay, both, cool. you're both very blunt. Yeah. And uh, forward, right. gen- gentlemen. Okay. So, uh, happy birthday, Adina Nolan. <laughs> no. No? No. Adina Olin, but, you know, that's fine. She was married to Joe Nolan. <laughs> she was not married. She does know who Joe Nolan yeah. is. So her name is Adina Olin. That's correct. Well, why does she go by that, not that's Adina her Ellen? Name. That's her maiden name. But she she's married. Yes, yeah, she's married to my father, Roscoe. But she doesn't like him very much. She kept <laughs> her own name. <laughs> yeah, yeah, listen, that's at not least a... my wife hyphenated it, which yeah, is annoying, right. too. Don't get me wrong. Right. Danielle Kahn Rosenberg. <laughs> yeah. Your mother doesn't even use it at all. No. No, she doesn't. She's like Rex Uriman's wife. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and she's got no knowledge of my father being a mass murderer in South Salem either. <laughs> All right, very good. We got uh, Bill O'Reilly and Bo Deedle coming up next. Quick look at traffic. Here's my guy, Joe Nolan. Oh, my goodness. Good stuff, right, Joe? Oh, it's all good. It's all good. It's all good. You are the over. Uh, yeah, it's just unbelievable. You guys are well, She's a big terrific. fan of yours, Joe. Come on. Is she really? She grew up a big Jets fan, so yeah. Oh, wow. cool, cool, cool. 77 WABC. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends. i 
my man Bill O'Reilly. He loves the Beach Boys, and I love that song, Don't Worry Baby. And don't forget, uh, played it about uh, 15 minutes ago. Big, big night. Tickets still on sale. Few left. Ticketmaster. O'Reilly and Rosenberg on stage together October the 27th in Huntington, Long Island at the Paramount Theater with Jim Brewer. Used to have a residency. It's going to be a big, big night. Bill's done big shows there before. He was the best. He still is the best. He'll always be the best, in my opinion. Not even humble at this point. He is the greatest in this genre of all time, whether it's 9 p.m. weeknights on WABC or his own website, BillOReilly.com. Great interviews, great uh, great TV show, great columns, and, of course, the Killing series, Killing the Witches, the latest in that. Nobody does it better than Bill, the highest-rated segment of any segment any day of the week on this station is right now, 8.40 on Thursdays, O'Reilly and Rosenberg. Good morning, Bill. I'm uh, recovering. I saw the Beach Boys uh, in West Hampton last Sunday night. Um, you know, the crowd, a lot of senior citizens, and, and it took them a little while. But by the time the Beach Boys hit fun, 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 <laughs> it was it was Bedlam. Some lady was dancing and hit me with a cane, so I have a big, big abrasion, but it's, it's healing. You know, I, I saw lead singer eighty two. Eighty two. And what's funny and I went to see yeah, Billy eighty two. Yeah, eighty two. Johnston is eighty one. He's yeah. a guy that came in very early to yeah. replace uh Brian Wilson on tour. Yeah. But anyway, the boys sounded great, they're good guys, and uh I told them about our show and, and they uh they that we want to go. I said, you can't. You're going to wear short pants in October. We don't let people in with short pants. <laughs> you know, a couple of years ago, I went to see Billy Joel at the Garden, and I kind of experienced the same thing. There's a lot of elderly people, like women in their 60s, that were going nuts to moving out, yeah. and you know. And uh, it's not like a Taylor Swift or Bruno Mars concert these days, but it doesn't matter. That's, uh, that's our people. That's our music. That's the generation. And we love it nevertheless. Yes? Yeah, and uh, the show that you and I are doing on October 27th is the New York State of Mind, which, of course, we stole from Billy Joel. Uh, <laughs> but he doesn't buy. Um, and it's just going to be about uh, New York and uh, how it has changed dramatically and, and why. And both uh, Rosenberg and O'Reilly have similar upbringings uh, with our uh, genesis in Brooklyn. And uh, it's going to be a lot of laughs. We're going to make serious points, but it's going to be a lot of fun. So I hope everybody will consider it. Ticketmaster, BillOReilly.com, Paramount Theater, all can set you right up. And there's not a bad seat in that theater, so we'd like to see you. You know, you and, talk uh, about uh, you talk about New York State of Mind and the way it was then and the way it was now. So I was born in 1967. Certainly 68 was a hectic year for the country. Nixon, I get all that. But I went through a lot of years as a young boy. I was I was 10 years old, Bill, in the summer of 1977 with two teenage and very attractive sisters who liked to go out in Brooklyn and Queens and weren't allowed one summer because a guy named David Berkowitz, son of Sam, was killing people in their cars. I remember that summer from the blackout to the Reggie Jackson games against the Dodgers to summer of Sam. Very vividly, I was 10 years old. And I yeah. thought at that point New York would never get worse. Now I'm not so sure. And your experience is echoed through everybody listening to our radio show right now. And mine, too. I'm older than you. Um, 
1977, that was Saturday Night Fever in Brooklyn. Yes. Now, I know you tried to get into the disco, but they didn't let <laughs> two-year-olds in, uh, even though some people behave like two-year-olds inside the disco. So we had so much commonality, and, and people will it'll, – it'll almost be like flashcards of your life, this show. So it's going to be – you'll never forget it if you show up. And I sent, uh, you know, I sent uh, the special counsel, Jack Smith, some comps to come to uh, Huntington. <laughs> you know, I, because, I, you oh know, he, he, he sent back, I can't come because uh, I'll probably be indicting Trump on more charges that day. <laughs> oh, not, enough, not enough days in the year for Jack Smith to indict Trump. It's just True. never and, and no, it's a joke. And I, I, I heard your uh, morning message this morning talking about never ends. And look, I'm not the smartest guy in the room. You are. But I speak to attorneys. I've had Takapina on, Dershowitz on, Idala on, the judge. And no one can really explain to me what this one is all about. We know the second one, the document one, that can get very, very troublesome for Trump. We get that. The first one, a complete joke. But this one, they're not saying he incited a riot. What they're saying is... He knew he lost the election. And I can promise you, Bill, and you know this too, he doesn't know that. He really thinks he won. So what exactly are they looking for here? Well, it's an excellent question, and I'm I'm not going to go into the weeds here, but I will tell you that Donald Trump, like most Americans, believes what he wants to believe. And that's uh, something that's not good in your life. You should have the capacity to step back, even if something goes against what you want or you like, and look at it clearly. Well, Donald Trump does not have that capacity. So he wanted to believe that he won the election. And I know him as well as anybody knows him. And to this moment, he believes he won the election, as you just pointed out. That's what he believes. If he took a lie detector test, he would pass the lie detector test. But what Smith did was he accumulated information that says that Trump knew he lost, but said it anyway, just like the Dominion lawsuit against Fox. Exactly the same thing. But Smith's got to prove it. And it's very difficult avenue for him to do that. Because Trump is going to be able, and his lawyer is going to be able to bring in Warren depositions that say, I told Donald Trump he won the election. There are at least 20 people they can depose that are going to say that. Lawyers, Sidney Powell, Rudy Giuliani, whatever it may be. And they'll have that, and they'll be able to present that. I don't think it's going to get to the jury, but it might. Um, And they can present it, and that's reasonable doubt. Smith has one cannon and one cannon only, and that's Mike Pence. Because Pence, if he comes in and says, Trump ordered me not to certify the electoral votes, and I told him he can't do that because it's against the Constitution, and he said to me, I know it's against the Constitution, but I want you to do it anyway then Trump could go down. The problem for Pence is he have to back it up. 
He'd have to have memos or someone else in the room that heard Trump say, I know I lost. I know it's against the Constitution, but you do it anyway. I can't imagine that happen. Yeah, I can't if either. Did, if it did, then Trump is through. Yeah, but it's not going to happen. So I'll ask you this about Mike Pence, who clearly has been upset, and deservedly so, because Trump did say some horrible things about him. Now, of course, he's running against Trump, so he's got an axe to grind anyway. But uh, in your humble opinion, does Mike Pence come off here as a guy that really cares about the Constitution and this country, or a guy that just has an axe to grind with Donald Trump? Um. Pence is a straight shooter. He's an evangelical Christian. That's what everybody needs to know about him. If he, and he's a smart guy, by the way, and he and, he and Trump got along very well. They dined, they had lunch two, two times a week, okay? And Trump listened to Pence. Um, Pence is not a, a guy that goes against the flow. You know, he's a go-along guy. But if he believes that something's wrong, he's not going to do it. You're not going to cajole him into doing it. So when it came down to Trump asking Pence to go to Capitol Hill and refuse to certify the electoral votes, Pence was never going to do that because he's smart enough to know that would have led to the whole country almost collapsing. That's how bad that would have been. And I would have done the same thing if I were Pence. Yeah, I never, yeah, ever yeah. would have walked in there and done that kind of a radical thing, especially because they didn't have the backup to do it. Right. You know, All right? yeah, no, you're right. But the question for me becomes this. You look at the big days coming up on the calendar, August 23rd, first debate, right? Uh, then uh, next January, you're in Iowa. Next March, Super Tuesday. Sometime next summer, they'll announce the winner. You'll be in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Then you'll have uh, November, the election, January. And during all this, now Donald Trump, between E. Jean Carroll, three indictments, and a fourth, and Georgia's certainly on the way, is going to be in court an awful lot, Bill O'Reilly, an awful lot. So if I've got six major political dates and six or seven court dates, how is it going to be possible for President Trump to really, really campaign like he should be able to? Well, number one, he doesn't have to campaign for the nomination because he'll get it almost like Joe Biden. Joe Biden's not going to campaign. I don't think Biden's going to be there by Christmas, but that's just my opinion, and I could be wrong. I think the Biden stuff is – Biden's not going to survive this Hunter Biden stuff. There, there's just too much there. So Donald Trump doesn't have to run around a country unless he wants to. He'll get the nomination on the Republican side. Um, he'd be crazy if he shows up to that debate because Chris Christie will just tear his throat out. And it'll, it'll decline, descend into a mud bath. And the next day, no matter what Trump says or does at that debate, the New York Times headline will be, Trump got slaughtered. Trump did this. Trump did that. And, yes, people would watch, but not to the extent that 
they would understand, the mass voters would understand what happened on that debate stage. It'll never be reported accurately. And in order for uh, any of them, Republican uh, nominee uh, candidates, they have to go after Trump. They got to knock him out of the of the game because he's so far ahead. So as far as the court appearances, he's he's in. He has to show up today in D.C. Trump. He'll be a quick in and out. Um, you know, the press is salivating over all of this. But you're right. It's death of a thousand cuts. You you, you know, every two minutes he's got to turn around, do a deposition. He's got to do this. He's got to do that. You even lose. Pack of what case, what case is this now? What are you asking me about now? <laughs> yeah. And this is all by design, by the way. Um, you know, Smith didn't have to bring a lot of these charges. I mean, one of the charges is that Donald Trump deprived people uh, of the right to vote. Come on. That's just, it, it'll get thrown out. Yeah. It, it's never going to get to a, a trial stage. That, that charge is just foolish. But it just shows you that they say, ah, we'll throw this in. We'll throw that in. Okay. It's like going to Rayo's. Hey, hey, bring that out. Well, let's get ready. Yeah, okay. yeah. that. You know, so to me, uh, it's a mess for the country. Um, the economic profile of America was downgraded yesterday by Fitch, a powerful agency. Um, people all over the world are looking at us like we're a bunch of idiots. Uh, Putin and Xi uh, are going, these people are in such chaos, such turmoil. Uh, the leadership is so weak. Yep. Uh, it's a civil war. Um, so nothing good is nothing good here at no. all. Yeah. Nothing. Yep. It's funny. You mentioned Rayo's. It's Thursday, and uh, our mutual friend Bo Dietl comes up after you every Thursday in studio. We'll be at Rayo's later on tonight and has extended an invite, of course, to you, Bill, whenever you want. But, you know, you mentioned you did not think Biden was going to be here by the end of the year. All these different controversies, maybe criminal doings, may mean the end of his of his run. And I had Lara Trump on a couple of days ago, Donald Trump's daughter-in-law, married to Eric. And she said the same thing. She said, look, I don't think my father-in-law is going to take on Biden. And I said, really? Well, who do you think he'll be taking on? And she mentioned all the same names, Kamala Harris, Gavin Newsom. But I brought up a name, and I'm telling you, Bill, it sounded to me like she wasn't scared necessarily, but. She, at the very least, admitted it would be tough. Take a listen to this, Bill. This is Lara Trump a couple of days ago talking about the possibility of Trump versus Michelle Obama. You know, Michelle has a very high likability rating on both sides of the aisle. She was a first lady. First ladies don't get really in-depth into politics. And so politics, usually they come out a little better than a president. There it is. And she wanted to go, go on to say even more that they've got a you know a big following. And she pretty much made it sound like it would be very difficult for her father-in-law to beat Michelle Obama. I think you agree. Yeah, and I heard that. Um, and I had said that many, many times. Not that Larry didn't stole it from me, but <laughs> Michelle Obama is a, would be a populist candidate. She could put together a coalition of uh, minority voters, women voters, uh, if you look at the Electoral College, uh, it's very close in a lot of states. Um, she'd motivate people to come out. Uh, the press would adore her, canonize her. In fact, she would have to change her name to St. Michelle <laughs> Obama. It's true. All right? And so she'd go in with every advantage. The downside is that Mrs. Obama, and I know her, has made some very incendiary racial statements. 
um, and it would solidify the MAGA people and the Republican Party against her. Um, but she would be far and away the most strongest candidate for the Democrats. Wow, I agree, and uh, she can win. Last one, I want to go back to New York State of Mind for a second, uh, our show together, which, again, I'm, I'm humbled and, and thrilled that you asked me to do this. But uh, I brought up 1977. I was a kid, 10 years old. And now some of the adults, Bill, that I speak to that weren't adults back then and obviously older now, they're quick to say that even during the Rudy Giuliani days, he had so much work to do to clean up the city. They're not sure that New York isn't worse now between the migrants and the homeless and the crime. And a lot of those folks don't think the mayor, Eric Adams, is more concerned with that. They think he's more concerned with what suit he's going to wear, where he's going to go, and to become president one day. So they're nervous that, unlike Giuliani, the public officials are not all in and can't fix it. What are your thoughts on that? Well, there's no strategy to fix it. That's the problem. So Giuliani and Bratton and Bloomberg um, and and the other police commissioners. Ray Kelly. Ray Kelly. Right. Ray Kelly. They had a strategy to fix it. And the strategy worked. But the Adams administration comes in off the worst mayor in the history of this city for eight years, de Blasio, who broke down. All the traditional structure in New York City, all of it, collapsed. Now, when you have that kind of a mess, it's like the New York Mets. It's exactly the same. Yeah. yeah. As soon as they said Mets, the terror dogs <laughs> had a bark. Did you hear that? I did. As soon as they I said did. the word Mets, the corgi went wild and started to bark. It's the same thing. The system collapsed. All right? So to Adams... He has got to sit down, put politics aside, and and get a strategy, gets people smart enough to say, here is the problem, homeless, this is what we do. Here is the problem, drug gangs, this is what we do. Here is the problem, tens of thousands of migrants showing up penniless, wanting us to support them. This is what we do. If you have a strategy based on discipline, and it's hard, it's hard, then you can make inroads. If you don't, if it's all BS, well, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, I'm going to, you know, if it's all of that, you'll fail. So it's a hard, cold world. You want to take on the drug gangs, you're going to have to get down, and you're going to have to go after these people hard. And that touchy-feely rehab crew, you're going to have to ignore them. I think you just nailed it. And uh, I'm not sure that they're going hard after anyone. But I'll say this, the last 20 minutes, you went hard right here, and you were great. So once again, Bill O'Reilly, thank you so much. On the way out, for folks who still want to get tickets for our big night together in October, what's the best way? Well, you go to Ticketmaster, you go to Paramount Theater at Huntington, you go to BillOReilly.com, and Sid will be dancing to Saturday Night Fever on <laughs> October 20th. Don't laugh. That was... alone, that alone <laughs> is worth 
Hey, he was my hero, the great John Travolta, Tony Manero, Saturday Night Fever. Bill, I love you, buddy. Great appearance. Thank you so much. Okay, thank you, Sid. Take care. That's the great Bill O'Reilly. And, folks, take advantage once again. First of all, check out BillOReilly.com. Does not get better than that. Best news agency maybe in the world. And, secondly, check out the uh, the tickets, Ticketmaster.com, ParamountNY.com, and BillOReilly.com. Fourth and final hour coming up. Bo Deedle's going to be here. Maybe Rudy Giuliani as well. Keep it right here. Sid and friends in the morning. This is Sid and friends in the morning. From my friends. 77 WABC. Ride like the wind. Come on, baby. Christopher Cross, fourth and final hour of your favorite talk show in New York City. That's me, Sid Rosenberg, 77 WABC, 912 now on your Thursday morning. Been a great show from Curtis Lewa to Judge Napolitano to Bill O'Reilly. But, of course, we put this time aside the second time during the week, 740 every Tuesday on the phone, 905 every Thursday morning in studio for the great cop, the great actor, and the best friend Anybody can have. Trust me when I tell you, they don't come more loyal. And to me, that's most important. We've been talking for days, guys going to jail. I don't care if you go to jail. I know more guys that went to jail that have more honor than guys I see every day. That's Bo Deedle. Not that he went to jail, but he's all about loyalty and honor, and he's great on the show. Here's my friend Bo Deedle. Good morning, Bo. Hey, Sid. How are you? Well, I know I, you agree with me, by the way. I agree. I agree with a lot of things that you say. But you know what? So I was out in the Hamptons there, and then I had to come back in for some business, and I listened to the great Curtis Sleep all the night. <laughs> and I love listening to Curtis. Yeah. And you know what? Curtis is with us. And you know what? He's been – he's walked through the walk – he travels the subway, yeah. not like Shake and Bake, Jamali Williams oh, over there, yeah, yeah, yeah. bull crapping. Yeah. Hey, Jamali, take the friggin' subway. <laughs> You're being guarded over there in Fort Hamilton. Why don't you come out and get on the A train, baby? Well, it's two things. If you were driving this morning and you were overnight listening, A, now you've grown to love Curtis Sleeper. Oh, no, I was glad that other little flying subway. Right, you hate Frank Murano. I wouldn't have listened to Murano. <laughs> I would have had an accident on the, on the Long Expressway. Curtis, over the midnight's great. Murano, I would have crashed. Yeah. That's it. But, uh, you know, we're just rocking along, rocking along. Hey, you know what? It was really great about our graves in there. I hear it's getting really good. Uh, and I really tell people, listen, you go on Amazon Plus, it's two ninety five an episode. So for 15 bucks, you watch 19 episodes, whatever the hell it is, and you get some really great entertainment. And great. Sid, Sid, I want you to do another. There's another movie coming out, and you know I'm your godfather. Yes. But I want you maybe to wear a 1970s <laughs> I want to. I want to change the profile. Instead of bodyguard killer, I want something else. You know, maybe you know something else. Something I agree. Else. You know, I, I'm, I've only done two or three things, and I feel like I'm already being stereotyped. Yeah. Uh, between, uh, of course, Inside Man coming out next Friday, and my role on Gravesend. Yeah. Which, by the way, I did uh, get rave reviews from you, Armand Desante, and Donnie Brasco. Well, I'm telling How about you, that? Donnie that, Brasco. That is that is a guy they were going to make him. This is a great story. He was an FBI agent. That you know him, Mike. You know Joe yeah, Pistone? Yeah, Joe Pistone. He plays Donnie Brasco, uh, uh, the great actor. Uh, 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 what's his name? Al Pacino. Yes. Plays. But I'm going to tell you something. This is a fa- fantastic 
guy's name was Black. I think he was the capo. And they were actually going to make Donnie Brasco. You mean Sonny Black? Sonny Black. He got, he got murdered because of that. Well, they yeah. were going to make they were going to make Donnie Brasco, and that's a, like a no no. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. Right. I hear some talk up in East Holland. They're thinking about putting you up before the board. <laughs> <laughs> Who was the last? I guess Maya Lansky. No, oh, Maya yeah. Lansky wasn't hey, look even. It, look Bugsy it. Siegel. Guy Gotti Jr. was half Jewish and half That's Italian. That's true. So if he could get made, maybe you could get made, all right? I would love that. <laughs> okay. I, I would gladly give up my number one standing in mornings to be a made man. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And all I got to say is all of a sudden I actually feel sorry. You know, when I became a cop, one of the reasons I became a cop was to help people in school, high school. I was always a little guy, 5'8", maybe I'm about 4 foot tall now, but that's why I built myself up so strong and all that, because I hated bullies. And what's going on with Donald Trump now, with them bullying them the way they are, when you read this thing, now they're telling me they want to convict him for what he was thinking in his mind. Yes. Remember the movie years ago with Tom Cruise? Yeah. It was called Minority Report. Yes. And they started arresting people for what they were thinking. Yeah, well, listen, this is for everybody listening. I don't care if you're Republican, Democrat, Independent. Listen and watch what's going on. If this can happen to Donald Trump, and again, I hope that he starts to understand that there's a possibility that he can't win or he can't run. He should make nice with DeSantis because I just make nice with DeSantis, bring him in as an ally, and that's it. Well, that's not gonna all happen. I'm going to say. It's not going to happen. Well, and by the, the way, DeSantis can't win. He can't be a Democrat either. No, but if all of a sudden he gets convicted, which that jury in Washington will convict him, there's, no, something, what? What? there's something in there. Nothing. Over in Washington, D.C., they'll have, they can maybe lock Trump up and indict him and convict him of murder. I don't know. They're, they're running everything. What, look at next. Look who just popped out of the uh, jack in the box. Letitia James. We haven't heard her. I word. know. I know. Now she's reindicting him I know, again. I know. My point is, Letitia, my girl, my lady, I love you, man. Why don't you Wait, go Do you really the, love her? Do you like man, her? I use that word like you do. You love everybody. <laughs> All right. So basically. No, I don't I love, love Letitia James. I like Letitia James as a person. When, when I ran for mayor, she was very nice to me. Oh, she was. But the point is, why aren't we going after Big Bird, Bill de Blasio, and his wife. Why are we going back that well, we billion are. dollars? We are. Who it, is? Well, I can't talk about it. Yeah. You know. Yeah, okay. But it, it's not as out there as Trump every day, but I, I believe there is some stuff going well, on in the background. The, she's the attorney general. I know. And she should be doing I this. I totally agree. And, then, and, and, and I'm going to tell you something else now. Everyone listening here has to realize it could be you next. Yeah. How do we break down the First Amendment of our country where you said you don't have freedom of speech? If I felt as though, and I used it, my freedom of speech was just filed against Lachlan Murdoch and the New York Post. Is that official? You've been saying you're going to file for weeks. It hit, it hit the attorney's letter that we were going to file for a suit. Hit today, Lachlan, Tom Cruise, Tom Cruise, Tom Cruise, <laughs> Lachlan Murdoch. And I know you're busy, uh, Lachlan, because yeah. you're going to be defending a $2.5 billion suit. And you want to know something? I'm going to reach out to those attorneys because you were wrong. You were wrong. You messed with the wrong guy. When you put my name up there and you put those lies in about me, and you know, Lee, and I wanted to pose you that you had no knowledge of this because it came from you directly. We have an opportunity, Lachlan. If you want me to go away, all I ask for is an opportunity to sit down with you, your lawyers, Fair. and 15 security guys, because that's what you're going to need. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And all I'm going to say is I'll tell you the truth about my involvement 
if any, with Roger Ailes. I'll tell you the truth of every aspect. And I didn't follow your father, uh, Lucy Dongding, his ex-wife, for uh, for Roger Ailes. And that was a fact. And I got accused of that. And I didn't do that. And everything you accused me of, I'll call Baudino. I never been to Roger Ailes' home. I never was on the 17 Black Ops. Well, you watch these movies, call Baudino. And this is exactly what he did with me in the paper. Baudino has a Chinese spy partner. Yes. It's a damn lie, and you know it's a damn lie. Then you put me, okay, Baudino got a PPP loan. Right, and that saved my company. I have 98% minorities, approximately 600 security guards who are blocked, 98%. It saved my job. And you put in there that I illegally got PPV money. That is liable, and that is slander. So we are going to have an opportunity. Read the letter this morning, and in the letter it says, all I'm asking for is the opportunity to speak with you and clear the air if you want to do that, because I think it's important, because I'm going to keep coming, and I'll go to the law. You don't have to have me as an enemy. And I know you're talking to your people right now. Oh, check Bo out on this. Check Bo out. You're going to come back at me. You're going to have some other fugazi, but I'm not going away. I will only go away when you find your ball bag and let me sit down with you, and you can ask me any question you want. What's wrong with that? Nothing. Now, two things. First of all, are you ever going to tell us at some point what the Tom Cruise reference really is? Well, yes or no? Lachlan knows about it. Okay. Tom Cruise, Tom Cruise, Lachlan. <laughs> Secondly, what is going on lately between, and look, I, look I'm going to be on Lawrence Jones' show once. Yeah. I, I, I hope I am. But between Fox News and all this stuff, Real Houses of New Jersey, yeah. they also lied about you. They lied yeah. about your involvement. Yeah. Why do people all of a sudden think they can F with Bo Deedle? Well, I, I, was, <laughs> I, mean, I, 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 you know what? I was walking across the Pontequeca Bridge the other day, and uh, and all of a sudden, four guys come up. There, hey, Bo, how you doing? How you? Yeah. And then my ma- then my Margo got mad at me. She goes, "You see, I wanted alone time with you." Well, I hard. said, "What am I supposed to do? Throw a guy off the no, bridge?" No, well, people love you. You, you I mean, I, I know. I walk the streets with you. You're look a at, when, when, They love you. Look at you know. And I and when I talked to you on Tuesday, I was really down about my son Richard getting hit with one of these scumbag motorcycle motorbikes. He's going for the MRI today. I hope it ain't no ACL. And did you hear Ray Kelly yesterday? He felt horrible. He sent his best to you. Yeah, I love Ray Kelly. And you want to know something? And what are we doing here? And what I talked about weeks ago about Roosevelt Hotel, I'm glad Curtis went there and is covering it every day. But this was the beginning. This is the beginning of the end. I mean, every aspect. The first thing is these these unruly gang members. Then the unruly bikes and motorcycles and motorcycles. There's New York State Department of Vehicle Laws, unlicensed driver, unregistered motorcycle, motorbike. Why are we enforcing these laws? My son got hit. And I tell you what. Is he okay? I got a video from my friend who owns all the studios over in Brooklyn. You know what I'm talking about? Tony. I know. Argento. Okay. He showed me a video of an Asian woman that got ran over by a motorcycle and her foot was bleeding. She hit her head. Oh, and then I got God. another video for the Manhattan Bridge on the pedestrian thing. They had another motorcycle, and the guy lost his foot. When are we going to have more? You're going to have, I guarantee you, people are going to die. When are we going to take these? We should have paddy wagons out there with these guys. Wait till they park. Go to one of these fast food things. Grab them. Impound them, and that's it. Two things. First of all, yeah. is, Rich, is Richard okay today? Well, yeah. we got him. We don't know the extent of the injury. He's okay, yeah. but he's he's got a brace on his legs. Oh my God! I hope it ain't. Is that all right? So, so uh, two summers ago, Danielle was traveling from the house to yeah. uh, Stavanger, and what are those cars called? They're not scooters. 
But they were like there was like a hundred at a time. They were carrying guns. They were going through the beaches oh, no, and Rockaway. That's, that's the Rat Packs. Yes, they ride around. They ride up First Avenue. Yes, and here's a little secret. I, I had to get Tom Sullivan and people involved to get that one. Oh no, no, and they go up on Saturday and Sunday when you want to walk around Manhattan. Yes, they the go up the First Avenue yes. and they go on the late sidewalks at night in the mornings and nobody's stopping. And they have guns, Bob. Yeah, I know they do, and that's why we have police. What are we going to do? Put our heads in the ground? Now, you could follow them by aviation. On top of it, you have these illegal bikes. You see at 9 o'clock at night, I go home at First Avenue. They're all going across the Willis Avenue Bridge. All you got to do is set up a roadblock, stop popping them, get grab the damn bikes. They have no registrations, no license. we got to be proactive. Well, who should and be doing that? Is that, Eric? Said. is that your friend Eric Adams? Well, he is the mayor. And I, t- I texted him the other day. I says, I need the meeting with you, Eric. I need the meeting, Mr. May, I call him, with all respect, and I always respect Me him. too. Me and too. the point is, I have some ideas on that and a lot of other areas. we got to clean this city up. We're going into the toilet. you got the gallon, gangs. You're talking about, you're talking about this city. The quality of life is where it starts. And what Kelly said and what uh, I had them all on my podcast. Bill Bratton, too. Bill, yeah, yeah, but Bill Bratton was a lot better on my podcast. He was very, uh, very responsive to the crime problem. Yeah, he was. Uh, he was a little wishy washy with I me. I like Bill Bratton. You know, I just well, hate well, you know what Curtis said. Curtis said that he's involved in this casino in Times is Square. Is he? Is he? And, and maybe sucking up Derek Adams. I don't know, but that would be the worst thing in the world to put a, uh, a casino in Times <laughs> Square. I mean, you got so much crap there already. That's ridiculous. I mean, it's right by your office too. You're not far by no, Bryant I'm Park. On fifth, I'm on Fifth. I know, Brian. Yeah, Paul. I'm on yeah. Fifth Avenue, and, yeah. and, and it's just what's happening. We have no idea who these illegal immigrants are. You've got terrorists in there. You've got the criminals. You've got cartels. You've got murderers. You've got people where crime is what they're doing. It's going to be a wave. they got got 100,000. And for some reason, there ain't not too many women and children that I saw all there. All young, capable. Who are they? Who the hell are they? And when you, they do a crime, we're not going to have it. That's when my daughter Jacqueline said to me, uh, to, uh, did, uh, ask Richie, did he get the guy's name? Like I said, I left my, <laughs> yeah, my name is Julio Gonzalez from El Salvador. Right. Now it's out there. Everybody you stop is going to be Julio Gonzalez, El Salvador. So right, you're going to write on the report, Julio Gonzalez, El Salvador. Right. Crimes are being committed against the New York State motor vehicle laws, and that's driving Unlicensed, that's driving a motor vehicle without a registration. we got to crack down on them. Take these bikes. These bikes will kill people. My friend Joe Granham, former chairman you know, UBS, got hit by a bike. Thank God he's okay. He got hit too? <coughs> Another one? About two years ago when he first started. Oh, three years when, ago. When I, my yeah. friend little Bloomberg with that idiot that he yeah. put the Department of Transportation, what was her name? Reject, whatever uh, I her forgot name her was. name. I know she put these about. bike lanes yeah. in, yeah. these bus lanes they lane up everything. And you know who the only ones that can drive them are all the criminals. When they want to get away, now they have a fast lane. And you see them riding on sidewalks or everything. Uh, yeah. Tell me this uh, before we uh, break here, because it's been a great 15, 14 minutes. Yeah. Uh, I did hear a report talking about the mayor that uh, your friend and mine, Joe Esposito, yeah. who helps out with the department yeah. of the building, yeah. That he's, he, he had a setback. Do you know anything about, uh, Joe's health? Well, I you know, I, I, I don't want to talk about Joe because I love him like a brother and I've been, we came on the force about the same time. All I do is pray, pray very hard. And you know, it's a tough cancer he has. Yeah. So people have to understand. He loves you too, of course. And then, you know what? There's only one upshot since we've been here. 
Those God bless the Sikh community. Oh my God! I love you. I love you the best. And when you take out that Indian happy stick and beat that punk, he oh. thought he was gonna rob you. You go Sikhs! I'm the new Sikh guy. I'm seeking Sikhs. That's what I'm doing. And one more thing. Hey, uh, Lachlan, Lachlan, Tom Cruise, Lachlan, listen to me. You got this new $2.5 billion suit coming. The new one, the new one's called, hey, do you remember the name? It, you had Smartmatic. That's the next one. And guess who your main witness is going to be? It's going to be Tucker Carlson. Remember they fired him? They got rid of him? I will guarantee you, as sure as I'm sitting here, Bo Dino, here, I'll put this money down. Here, here, here. <laughs> he will it. have a settlement. He'll have a settlement with Fox because, you know what, he's the one that could down Lachlan Murdoch along with his friend Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise. Hey, I like Tom Cruise. You see who he's dating now? Family Matters. He's dating that hot chick. Oh, is he really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I know But, hey, is. I'm sorry about that, Lachlan, but he's <laughs> dating, uh, uh, what's her, Sophia Lunganga? What's her name? Viagra? Yes, yeah, Sophia Viagra. <laughs> yeah. But all I can say is, everyone, please, are you hearing me? Please be careful when you're in this city because crime is rampant. And anybody tells you it's perception, talk to my son that got ran over on Friday, okay? Sorry about that. He's great, folks. you got to love him. He is Mr. New York. I'm sorry. He really is. I love him, the great Bo Dito. We'll be back on this Thursday morning right after this. Sid and friends in the morning. 77 WABC. This is my biggest fear, Sid. You know, somebody getting hurt in preseason, all right? Rodgers does not see, in my mind, Rodgers does not see the field in a preseason game this year. Really? Absolutely not. You don't play him at all? No. Not at all. Oh, I can't say that. I can't. And I'll tell you, and what do you mean? Not one, not one series not against one. the Browns? I don't want to see him in one. Look, oh, come they do on. these. Listen to me. They do these controlled scrimmages, right? They got, they're doing a two-day controlled scrimmage with the Panthers. They're doing a two-day scrimmage with Tampa. He'll play, that'll be his preseason. Remember that Republican club that I spoke at 
Is it like two years ago already, the no, West Side no. Republican Club? No, it was not that long ago. Was it? Was it last year? Yeah. That sweet lady, Marsha, reached out to you? Yeah. It's called the Morrison Parker West Side Republican Club. And, uh, oh, no, it was last year because uh, yeah, it was yeah. time of my book, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So she reached out to me. I got to start writing stuff down. I'm doing that same crap again. I'm saying yes to everything, yeah. which I stopped doing uh, because of Bernard. What do you mean you're doing it You're doing it again? Uh, yeah, yeah, well, well I but, guess because Bernard, Bernard uh, God bless his soul, used to say to me, Sid, stop saying yes to everything. Right. Stop. Right. Uh, he said you're a big star now. You don't have to do that. Yeah, that's what he said, yeah. And I stopped saying yes to a lot of things. Yes, you did. Well, I'm getting back to my old ways. Well, stop so. doing that. God. So it turns out there's a night, uh, September the 12th. Uh, back up there on the west side, 86th, between Amsterdam and Columbus. I love this lady, and I love all Republicans, but I hate the Upper West Side. You know that. Right. I hate going back there. I went there yesterday to get my back shaved. I hated it. But um, it's back a big night. Shaved. Don't worry about okay. it. Don't okay. ask yeah. any well, questions I mean, you say things like Just that. Just be and then, quiet. It's hard for me to pick up on that. God. So it's me and um, the great Manhattan attorney, Daniel Penny's attorney, and former veteran Thomas Kniff. You know Kniff. Representing uh, Penny. Yes, we know. So it's him and I. Yeah. And that promises to be a great night. Right. But you don't want to go. No. No, I do want to go. Okay. But I don't want to go because the problem is I don't live in the city. Right. So it's like uh, this girl Allie called me yesterday to do Lawrence Jones' show on Fox News on Saturday. Mm-hmm. So I, I did spend the, the large part of the last five months living in the city between that hotel with the uh, the sports bar downstairs. Right. On the park and twenty uh, eighth, whatever it is, sure. And then, of course, four months in Battery Park. So it was very easy. If Jesse Waters wanted me or Brian kill me, they just sent me a car. But now I'm back in Queens. So now, and I don't like doing uh, what do they call that Zoom or, or yeah, no, no, that's uh, stupid. Skype. That's stupid. Horrible. So now, if I make an appearance, they have to send me a truck. The truck actually has a studio inside the truck, which I did last time with Brian kill me. Mm-hmm. I'm not coming into the city. I, I can't. It's too far. I don't want to. You don't want to. God. Hello. Thank you. So that's the issue is coming back into the city right. September the 12th. September 11th, which is a day that I always try to be introspective. And, you know, 9-11, I've been invited by Tim McCarthy to uh, to a big golf tournament that day after the show. Oh. It's it's a pretty big deal You're for radio play? people. You're going to play? I'm not going to play. No, you're not going to play. It's the Broadcasters Foundation Celebrity Outing. Mm -hmm. I think uh, Chad Lopez is a member. And it's in Greenwich, Connecticut, which is really far. They don't have to give you a car. But uh, that's the 11th. And the 10th, I go to Brooklyn every year, Mm -hmm. the Wall of Remembrance, to honor fallen cops, firefighters, and first responders who died from Brooklyn 9-11. That you got to go to. Well, I have a lot going on. And and, uh, next Thursday, I've got this... This um, Republican thing I'm speaking at, but Joe Harkins and his right. wife Mary. Right. Next Friday's the movie. Oh my God! Fourteenth, I've got something for my for the charity that we started Danielle and I based upon Gabriel's um, disability. Yes. So you're really... saying things are piling up here. You know? Of course they are. But then you get a vacation. You're going away uh, Labor Day. You get that uh, week. I am. That's what you keep saying. Yeah. Oh, is this? Oh, now we're now we're breaking the news. I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do. <laughs> I'm under a lot of pressure. You are. You deserve a vacation. I know, but they hate when I go away. They hate it, and I hate it too. It's the only place I've ever worked, and I love working here. I I love working more for John and Margot and Chad than any other bosses, and I mean that sincerely. I mean that from the bottom of my heart. I love working for them because they are good people. 
They're good. They're great people. But uh, they have this thing where if you t- they, they make you feel guilty if you take a vacation. It's ridiculous. Well, he's no a- one, no one at this place outside of Johnny runs eight businesses. But just from a radio standpoint, nobody puts more into their show than me. Nobody. Nobody. And I barely take any time. When Bernie was alive, God rest his soul, he always took off. I never did. Like clockwork, you're here every day. Yeah. Yeah. But I guess you know. Shut up. Now you just patronize. No. Me, you jerk. Guy. No. Well, how else do you think John became a billionaire? You know. Because of me. Oh, oh okay. I That's why John's a billionaire, because oh, of me. All right. Well, we're going to have that tape for you later. Yeah. yeah. I have nothing to do with it, actually. <laughs> nothing, nothing to do with it. You know, let's book, uh, talking about John, let's book AJ. Okay. That girl that was here the other day, the, uh, the Jacqueline Toberoff, mm-hmm. wrote that really good book about the moms. Sure. You know, she left us that day and went to lunch with AJ Katsimatidis and Inna Vernikoff. How's that for a powerful trio of big-time ladies? Hell yeah. That is awesome. Hell yeah. Toborov, Katsimatidis, and Vernikov. So uh, let's book uh, AJ. Okay. Sure. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, we're going to take some phone calls today, too, before the end of the show. Phone calls brought to you by Pete Morgan and Peerless Spoilers. Check them out today, PeerlessBoilers.com, PavilionTankless.com. They do build the world's best boilers. The number is always one 800 848 WABC, 1-800-848-9222. Whatever you want. Donald Trump going to court today, indicted for a third time. Uh, the Yankees, Steve Cohen's fire sale. The Jets playing later on tonight. Eric Adams, my movie career. Whatever you want on the table. We'll come back and hit the phones. 77 WABC. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends. name quick shout out here to donna sullivan my buddy mike sullivan's uh, beautiful wife love donna and our partners joe and joe over at ans pork store at the harbor they're all listening right now big fans naples italy they go back to so what uh, thank you guys joe and joe donna and mike all right first call i don't do this often but we'll do it today this guy was actually mentioned earlier in a segment with curtis he is a legitimate i mean this a legitimate New York icon, a huge fan of mine and Bernard when he was here. 
and a WABC guy as well. He is, ladies and gentlemen, the Naked Cowboy. Naked! What's well, going on, pal? I'm the Naked Cowboy coming to a town near you. Hey, Sid, how you doing? I'm good, buddy. How are you? I'm doing that driving, by the way, so... Oh, that's pretty sounds good. Worse, sounds worse than usual. <laughs> yeah. So where are you driving to? You're heading down to where today? Well, like three days ago when I heard about the... I mean, I drive on across the bridge and I go over 30 or 45th every day. So I saw the migrants and I went over there with my Trump guitar singing, Trump's going to build a wall. <laughs> Trying to be kind of sarcastic, but also checking it out. Well, the second day I go, one of the guys started dancing with me, so I go to give him a tip and they all came running at the fence so i freaking emptied the guitar and threw it all out there and that was fun and yesterday i took oh we lost him oh good to hear from him though he's a, he's a real american hero the naked cowboy his phone sucked at the end there but hey naked you got to come in one of these days yeah come on in here with those sexy white underwear and the whole thing going on thank you naked we'll talk to you again soon here is uh david david is in rockland county this call's got to be quick dave line one good morning good morning sid how are you great show it gets better it gets better and better every morning thank you every morning thank you um, you got you, you got to cut ties with Eric Adams. It's enough. I know you have this. Uh, you know you like to keep up the relationship. He's full of garbage. He doesn't do anything. He's he is actually the Joe Biden of Brooklyn. He's <laughs> doing the same thing. He talks out of twelve sides of his mouth. Crime is rampant. The city is deteriorating rapidly. Forty fifth Street looks like a third world country. Yeah, the whole place is going to hell. Uh, listen, I, I, I wish I could argue with anything you said there, David. I wish I could. I really can't. So believe me when I tell you I I am considering exactly what you suggested. Lori, one of my favorite listeners of my seven years back in New York, is in Harlem. She's on line four. I miss you, Lori. How are you? I miss you too, movie star. What's up? (laughs) I'm so happy to be talking to you, Sid. Thank you. And I just want to congratulate you on all your accomplishments, your, your stardom. And I just want to end with this. Your accomplishments and your blessings come from Hashem. Your dad, Harvey, oh, and Bernie you. in heaven. Thank That's you. why you're having all this greatness happen to you. And much continued success. I love everything you say every day, and I'm still riding with you, Sid. Thank you. I love you, too. And it's very sweet. My father and uh, my great partner, Bernie, and all those folks are no longer here, but they certainly live in my heart every day. Thank you, Lori. I love you. Here's another uh, lady I like very, very much. She used to drop off birthday cakes years ago, but we got to be quick here. But I love her, Judy from Brooklyn. Judy, what's going on, sweetheart? There's no such thing as me being quick, but let me tell you, I am so proud of you. That's the starters, and the music is great. But I have to tell you, Sid, listen to me. The DOJ, Jack Smith, wants a speedy trial, right? Well, how about a speedy trial for the January 6th political porn sitting and rotting in jail or the slap on the wrist they gave the Hunter Biden? Better yet, why don't they give them monetary compensation like the 2020 rioters? They're getting like $30,000. They're getting off the hook, and they're getting money for it. This is Antifa Bill M. But you know something, Sid? So just to to finish this off, President Trump has to fight back. This is unconstitutional. This is malicious prosecution. Your wife's the lawyer, so she should know. And he should, like, go after them for, like, sue them for, like, civilly sue them for, like, 500 million bucks, okay, against these gangsters, Jack Smith and Alvin Braggs and the DOJ for these financial, for election interference and making all these financial damages for him. This is a malicious prosecution. It's unconstitutional. It's not fair. We've got to fight back. I like uh, 
Bo Diddle's idea of fighting back. That's what we got to do. We can't just let them get away. Uh, listen, I agree with you, Judy. I love you. Thank you very much. And he's got uh, some very powerful attorneys, a quick pocket dial away, but he can only do one thing at once. And right now he's got to kind of get these things out of the way. Revenge will come later, maybe in the case of victory in 2024. And what you're talking about, but right now he's got to concentrate on getting through the day, which they're making much more difficult for our friend Donald Trump. Eddie in the Bronx, line four. I know you, Eddie. How are you, buddy? I just missed you uh, over the weekend. I went to your mother's house. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I just, you pulled out you pulled out of that place, and I just missed you. Now, Eddie, didn't you drop off uh, the, uh, the actual Donald Trump flags that hang from the front of my mother's house? I dropped off the one last year when I signed your book. But yeah. I bought your mother another flag a couple of weeks ago. You're the best. Eddie, thank you. My mother, Naomi, loves you. She did mention you when I was here last weekend because everybody asked, where'd you get those flags from? Eddie from the Bronx. Joe Esposito checks in. And, uh, of course, uh, Joe is going through his own thing right now. But he's a tough son of a bitch. You can't knock down Joe Esposito, not with a hammer. But uh, he did lose his beautiful wife, Chris, last year. And he reminds me that uh, his bride, Chris, loved me and loved the show. And I love you, Joe. I loved her, too. Well, let's go to Tim in San Diego on line five quickly. Timmy, how are you, pal? Hey, you know, I'm always quick. Ask anyone. Anyway, <laughs> Very good. <laughs> anyway, I, I was going to mention Trump, but I think that last caller covered pretty much everything. I'm just here to touch the hem of Sid's garment right now. That's all. That's all. <laughs> You're great. Reflected, reflected in your greatness, Sid. Thank you. Really. you and, and so you listen every day still for a long time now from San Diego, right? Yeah, I do, but I, I can't catch the whole show unless I'm an insomniac some nights. I'll wake up at, you know, 3, 4 in the morning, wow. but I catch at least like an hour and a half every day. Well, I'm still humbled. So I'm, 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 I'm happy you uh, save a lot of the good stuff for later in the show. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I do. I, I saved the best catch for you, Tim. So thank you for uh, getting up early every morning and listening, and uh, thank you for the call. We'll take one more call. I'll get back to the phones, I promise. Let's go to Rocco in Saratoga, Line 7. Good morning, Rocco. Good morning, Sid. Love you. You guys are great. Let me just ask you this. Does the uh, naked cowboy drive in naked, or where does he change? Because I'm not driving in with him if he drives in naked. Not getting in that car. I think, right? he, I think he does drive in naked. In fact, I think wherever he goes, he's naked. And that's what makes him great, the American hero that he is. The Naked Cowboy. All right, guys, that was fun. We'll do more of this, I promise, as we move forward, because with all these big stories and what's going on in our city, in our state, and certainly in D.C. with Donald Trump, I do want your folks' opinion, so thank you for that. We'll come back. We'll close shop on an epic Thursday edition of Sid and Friends in the morning, right after this. is Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. Bye. 
emergency. I just saw a girl, I swear to God, pick her ass on 3rd Avenue. It's hilarious. No. Pretty girl, too. No, oh my God. Her shorts are so tight I gotta and go. short. I gotta go. She's like taking the shorts out of her no, ass. No, stop it. It's New York for you, baby. It must be August 3rd. I like this song. Be quiet. Play the song, Sail Away by uh, Sticks. We'll search for tomorrow on every shore and I'll try. Oh, Lord, I'll try. Great job, uh, Justin, doing a lot of work here, man, producing and cutting up all the sound and doing the sports and running the board. But I got to tell you, this kid Jake was great today. What's Jake's last name? Jake, what's your last name, bub? Uh, it's unfortunate right now, but it's Epstein. Oh, God. Jake Epstein. Oh, <laughs> boy. No relation. Great job. Really terrific work, Jake. I thank enjoyed you, working you. with you. I love you, too. Noam Layden, great job today. We had a big show. Big show coming up tomorrow. Big. Curtis Slee was going to be here tomorrow. Brian Kilmeade. Andrew Giuliani, Joseph Tacopina, just to name a few. But we done. I'm going to go meet my beautiful wife by the ferry. Got some stuff to do. And get home uh, later on tonight to watch the Jets. 